Get the fuck out of here, you fucking tourist! What? <laughs> Who's the tourist? It's F1 any... people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but that was that was on um the show on Showtime that had the, the dude who was the fixer. What was the name? Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. His dad. Mickey. Mickey's awesome. This was like season one when the FBI was on Mickey and he was like giving him some info but not a ton. And they go, we need you down the office to, you know, swear under oath. He goes, all right. He goes, no, actually, that was the other one. He goes, all right, I'll be in at noon. I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> Never seen an episode. Oh, it's good. You'd uh, like, you'd like, you'd it. like yeah. it. You, you kind of like Ray Donovan, just don't dress as well. Hmm. <laughs> no, Ray Donovan dresses well, right yeah. or wrong. I mean, he's got the whole jack. Yeah. Um, but. We just had a long pod to the point the feds stumbled out of here. It's done. <laughs> He's he, TKO. It was good, though. And by the way, if you don't listen to the same game parlay stuff because you think, oh, I don't know, same game parlays are square, I think we're looking at him in a new, fresh way. Now, we won 11 and a half units last week, mm -hmm. a jumbo payout. It doesn't mean because you won one, it's a winning thing. But we're up on the season beyond. We were up before that. So, and I think if you listen, if you don't, you're going to think, man, this makes sense. And we got one that's paying off how much? 2100 For a, one unit? Yeah. Check it out. Now, even better, I think, was the main pod. So I'm going to keep this short, though I'm going to tell Mickey Donovan stories occasionally. Yeah. I won't even tell you where that quote came from, though, because it would be an extra story. I'll tell you after, AJ, if you buy a beer. Okay, here's the offer. You can save $50 on any 90-day all-access. And that means that you're paying only $3.99. You think $3.99, that's a good bit of money. Yeah, if it was for a month, this is three months, you get what? Well, NFL football, college football, college basketball, and the NBA, and hockey. Everything, you know, sports equinox, blah, blah, blah. Well, you think about it, all this stuff is pretty much going through the next 90 days, right? Because we got hockey's going to like 2027, I think, <laughs> right? NBA through June, football through February 1. So, yeah. AJ, for example, people might say, who cares about college basketball? Well, it's one of your specialties. Now, we know you're killing it in the NFL generally on the season. How, how are you doing in college basketball? 10 and 3 to start the season. Did you miss out on that? Then you're a tourist. No, even I wasn't betting college basketball, but now I'm going to start. <laughs> no, I am. I mean, I'm not going to play every game, but I'm looking at the lines. Look at yours. So what I'm saying is when you get stuff for this kind of value, you don't have to play every bet. All right. So how do you get off that, that discount, that 50? You just use code SUPER50. All right. And this is like anyone. Now, who are the pros of interest? The formerly alive Fezzik, no, Fezzik, <laughs> up 43 units, all sports, over the last 90 days. Scott Seidenberg comes in. How, does he, how are the two people right here? Seidenberg, up about uh, 24 and a half or 23 and a half units the last 90 days. That's the second best, Scott, of anyone. Yeah, strong work. We got Griffin Warner up almost 19. A.J. Hoffman's in here, up over 15. A lot of good stuff here. So you do get NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, and NHL for 90 days. Save 50 bucks. It's super 50. So it comes out to what? About 130 a month for everything. Now you divide it by days, 30 divided. 
take three or four bucks a day. Now you think how many sports are going on? Four or five? But you might not get them all from the one capper. Let's say four. You get each sport for a dollar a day. Damn. Whoa. How's your hockey doing? 59% plus 19.5 units. Yeah, it's all around. And McKenzie, NBA specialist. How's the NBA doing, McKenzie? Good. 67%, 10 and 5. You're 67% after hitting like 56.9 or whatever over 700 plays over two years. Yep. You feeling good about that? Absolutely. I feel like I'm, I'm getting the weights right. I've won all my two stars. Last year, I, I lost a lot of two stars, won a lot of one stars. This year, I feel like I know my good picks. And you still were up big. Even, yeah. yeah. You want to hear something funny? Always. I'm 5-1 and one in the NBA. McKenzie's rubbing off on me. I run all my. I run all my plays by him. Would I get those? No, what percentage does he veto? Uh, he's he's probably knocked out three or four of them. Just three? And how'd those do? I don't know. I don't pay attention well, you to should have, you should have should. because you can see. I just trust him. I, I know he's a winner. Well, I tell you this. He, he's a winner in the NBA. If he plays me at anything like pool or something, no chance. <laughs> but in the NBA, yes. And he's NFL. Where are you at in the Super Contest? I am. Six s- games back? Six games back. That, I mean, it's like you are probably a f- slight favorite to be in the money this year. That'd be cool. That would be cool. What's the what's like the the 90th place cash, I wonder? Like 1500 last year. The okay. last the last cash. Oh, so they give a little at the end, yeah. but if you get like 60, you might win like like 15,000. Yeah. yeah. So those don't get nervous about those last <laughs> couple picks. All right, guys, on to the show and like we said, you go to pregame.com, you click buy picks, you hit super 50 when you oh, super 50 is the coupon code. You can get anyone's 90-day package, you get all of it. Enjoy and enjoy the pod. Some pretty good runs and a little topsy turvy where Mr. Win, Mr. I'm so hot, I'm cold even, but I'm still hot. I, I'd be hot in Antarctica. That's hot. AJ, finally with a losing week. Was it Fez's evil eye? We'll never know. But his partner on SOVAM, Scott Seidenberg, perfection. So you didn't – you guys talked all these games out mm-hmm. last week, and nothing he said got you on one of his games. Or was any of your wins part of his you know, measly two wins? I think we might have one similar one. But, no, he, he, you know, he's doing so well this season that anything that I say is not going to talk him into a pick. He's got his own picks. So you're saying he's stubborn at this point. I think he, he's just – <laughs> you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And despite the losing week last week, it's still not broke. So what's your current record? Current record, 32 and 17. You know what I like better? 29. <laughs> Wait, no, 32. So it was 30 and 14. Yeah. I like that better. It was better. You'll never be that again? No. It's over. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see how you do that. I'm interested to see if your handicaps change. I don't think so. I, if, um, I hit my best bet last week, and you had it on. I felt good to see you had it on the, uh, the contest. It made me feel good. I don't think I would have had it without it. I know the line moved, but still, I don't, I don't, that's the biggest favorite I've ever played in the Super Contest. Fez, you've got an announcement. Yes. I, and, and I want to get to the bottom of why we're just finding this out now, but this is exciting. This is very exciting. So I made a nice run in the local contest, Circa Millions. Oh, hold on a second. 
local contest? Are you trying to diminish it? I'm just... Is it the biggest contest right now in the world for NFL handicapping? Yes, the Circa Millions. The, there's the biggest prize pool. Yes. What's the prize pool? Uh, the prize pool is $6 million. All right, so there's $6 million of money came around for the world. Do you think there's any uh, Chinese nationals in this contest? I'm going to put the over-under at zero. No, I would make a major bet. There's more than a couple. Really? I mean, if you have, there's what, 6,000 people in it? Yes. Yeah. You know, I hear the Asians like to bat. Mm, so, you're probably right. <laughs> 6,000 is such a big number. You're right. You think there's any Japanese nationals in this? Well, if there's many Asians, there's probably at least one Japanese. Yes. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. That sounds racist vaguely. No. No. <laughs> There's many Asians. No, I'm saying it doesn't sound racist. So it was funny. I was, it's like that's the only way you could even say those phrases and it not feel right. It was like it was exactly right. Yeah, there's probably many a or Japanese or some in many Asians. Do you think there's anyone from Finland? No, I think there is. Six thousand people. This is a worldwide contest. I think only like 6,000 people live in Finland also is the problem. Right, it's a pretty then, small then maybe population. Maybe let me say this. Do you think every time zone in the world has been represented? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah. No, because like there's no – like there's like one – every, think... every time zone that has <laughs> uh, 200,000 people in there, it. Now we can have a conversation. Yeah, so it's like the dude from Easter Island did not enter the contest this year. How many time zones do you think there are that don't have anyone in them? And if so, why even have a time zone? That's a great question. I will go. I will go over under five. Now, do you think that it might seems high? Should though, right? that be taking up? There's only 24 time zones. Why would that be taking up one? I think there's people who live in every time zone. I, oh, now that is fascinating. Does anyone actually like ChatGPT? Does someone okay. live on Midway Island? Is there like a little outpost with a lighthouse? I, I would guess there's probably. Like Wait, like wasn't a... there like the Battle of the Midway or something? That's yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah. I'm thinking they weren't fighting over like this abandoned area. It's it's just it, it literally is like this. It's just an island big enough to like land a plane on, you know. And, and have Mackenzie like killing it puts up a map of the world that looks topographical, whatever that. Oh, means. Looks dear. Flat to me. That looks like that looks like <laughs> you know. That, that would have been great if you would say Kyrie was right. That, that's <laughs> the way. It, it looks like every. I, it looks like every time zone is indeed inhabited, based upon what I'm looking at. So I can't see it as clearly. Is how do you know how many? Is there something that's telling you? Oh, okay. So what's the smallest time zone? Mackenzie's coming through. The smallest time, they're all the same. No, the time zone, smallest number of population, fewest population. I always make that mistake. You know, I would have said the Pacific, but there's so many of the, the islands in the Philippines. It's one of those Chinese. ones that has uh, Greenland. Like the, like, yeah, Greenland. Greenland is not very populous at all. Yeah. So what we got, Mackenzie? The Greenland-Iceland area. I'm looking that up right now. Oh, okay. But you're doing a hell of a job. I think we just do a geography pod mm. from here. International <laughs> Dateline. <laughs> This doesn't happen often, but we had a second time shift. But, you know, I think it was better than the first one. But here's what we know. Fez is in second place in the um, circa millions. It gives you a hint how much is at stake. A million for first. You are projecting your ticket to be worth? 92000 92000 and And we talked a little bit about the rationale on that. Wait till the end of the pod. You're going to hear it. Now, though your record's not great here... If let's be honest, you're winning early, you're winning later. You've been a little cold here. I think history tells us like a team in third downs that's struggling in third downs. If you're good on first and second, you're probably going to be good on third soon enough. Best bet, Fez. Best bet. We're going to go to 
anti-Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take the Cleveland Browns minus one. And I got to tell you, RJ, I don't want to pick on your Steelers, and I know what you're going to well, say. They're, they're five and three. How you? Oh, six. They're six. Six and three. And three. Six and three. By the way, there's a double best bet. I, it's also my five weight. You guys know who's quarterbacking, right? I, I I'm fully aware. Yeah, right, go ahead. So I'm trust. I'll get to that. So obviously Watson is out, and Cleveland was laying four in this game, and now they're down to pick them to minus one. And my well, question, first of all, we're, we're playing against one line here. Yes, yeah, so it's minus one. Line's okay. minus one. So the line adjusted for Watson being out. Move three. So points. Browns are minus one. Browns so Tomlin one. is a favorite. Got it. Tomlin is the underdog. He's oh, I'm sorry. Tomlin's one. the underdog, which is yep. important. Go ahead. Yeah, RJ mm-hmm. tests me like this to make sure I'm still not losing my mind. <laughs> yeah. um, but the the bottom line is the Steelers have been outgained each and every game. Mm-hmm. And we know there's something inherently about Pittsburgh that they do better than the underlying stats. Mm-hmm. I get that. But it just simply it's unsustainable. It cannot but You continue. do realize this has been every year since Big Ben hurt his elbow. They, they remember they were eight and eight that year, and no one could believe that. I I, I understand, but this is taking it to, to new levels because those other years when Tomlin had a winning record, he didn't get outgained every game. I mean, he won a few games he shouldn't have won, and their stats may not have been as good as their record. But this is unprecedented. I mean, you, RJ, you looked it up. It was like teams that get outgained, mm-hmm. they win the game less than thirty percent of the time, and they're nine and zero. If Pittsburgh had just well, they're not nine and zero. Oh, they're six and three. Uh, they're six, six, yeah, fair enough. I made that same mistake on my exactly in all nine games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they the first were... team in history since they've been recording rushing yards and receiving yards to be outgained in every game they've played and have a winning record. So I recognize they shouldn't be That's three right. and six. Like that stat says they should be three and six, but I, I'm I'm good that they should be better than three and six. Fine. Go ahead and make them four, four and one. Make them an average team or make them four and five. I'm not good with making them a six and three team. And well, I Well, you don't need to make them that. That's what they are. <laughs> it's a good it's a good point. <laughs> so I I mean Cleveland's easy. Cleveland is Well hold on, hold on. You're not getting by with that. Mm-hmm. So first I did a little work on this myself. Just to put it into perspective, from 1990 onward, I did a study. How many games did the team win that won the most games that year that were outgained in those games? Meaning it doesn't matter if you were uh, if you outgained them in three straight games. If you were outgained in the fourth and one, that's one in your tally. So how many games did they win getting outgained, any team? The most ever is eight. So Pittsburgh has six. Six. All right. So they're on pace for 75% 11. of the way yeah, there. Yeah, they're on pace for 11. They're not going to get to 11, but it does show you I would make a bet right now. The pit, I mean, I, I think I would, that they will get at least tie that record. You know, I think they have two more in oh, them. Really? Out, you don't think they win two more games that they're out there? I think that's a good point. I don't think they get three, but they could get to two. That's yeah. a good point. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess my point is that it, is, uh, it isn't common for, for a team to do this. But don't you think there is a sense of self-fulfilling prophecy that they're so confident that do you think late in the game? You know, I'm going to bet against it. We got a green button, but I bet they don't get to eight. All right. So you're saying they don't win two more games that they're outgained in. All right. I hope it's this one. Take it down (laughs) at five. And then week 18. (laughs) This is going to be good. All right. So that's 300. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. Basically, my math is that they're going to finish nine and eight. And if they win three so, games, they're— So you they're, think they're going to go three, and how many games they got left? Seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay. Now, what's their schedule look like? You want to pop that up, Mackenzie? All right, go ahead. Yeah. So I think that's their season. They're 50-50 to, to win one this game. So, But they shouldn't be. So, so what do you think the line should be? I've got Cleveland half a point better. 
So I've got okay. them with home field. Two and a half. I, I got them at two. At, at mm. two. But I, th- I like the spot also because remember when they played earlier in the year? Pittsburgh won. Shocker. Pittsburgh won, and they got outgamed by 150 yards. It was mm-hmm. a fo- completely phony final. Two and defensive th- touchdowns. 26-21, I believe, from memory. So I that may, that lands me on the team that should have won the first. I've seen this movie before. When two teams play in division and one team should win and they blow the game through turnovers and through circumstance, they get their revenge. I'm on Cleveland here. 26-22, by the way. Now, real yep. quick, and then we'll go to AJ. Is, is your best bet... The difference between minus one and minus two and a half? No, I'm saying the power rating supports it, but the situation's really good for for Cleveland as well because Which is of the, first, exactly? the, the the fact that they lost the first matchup an undeserved loss. They outplayed so, Pittsburgh and lost outright. So Pittsburgh has too much confidence. I I always look in division matchups for what's the, the Browns. Who have the Browns played recently? Does this concern you? And you can segue into it. And Fez, you can answer too. Here's the last five games for the Browns: San Francisco. Tough game. Yep. Colts that they lo- they lost that game, right? Or did they, they won? That won? Game. They won by one. Thirty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. And they give up, you know, eighty points scored. Obviously, a, a you know a punishing game. Seattle, they have a chance to win late. Geno Magic, right? Hey, thank you for reminding me. Uh, but a tough game, wouldn't you say? Yeah. High pressure. Yes. Cardinals was a walk, and then a battle against the Ravens, down by fourteen, entering the fourth, down by fifteen in the first half. Do you think maybe the Steelers ain't the thing that they want right now? That kind of physicality with Haywood back in the middle of the line. I think it's a great point if they didn't have, as you mentioned, the walk against Arizona, but that was as easy a game as you're ever going to have. Do you feel like that this could be a dream crusher? Can the Browns win the Super Bowl? No. No. They thought they could before. Yeah, now that Watson's out and you have to go the rest of the season with Dorian Thompson-Robinson and the injuries are piling up. You already lost Chubb. doesn't even matter, yeah. though, right? I mean, yeah. the, the question is without a quarterback, because yeah. they don't even have a good backup. It wouldn't matter. They could be. They could have three wins. I mean, this is a huge rivalry game. I mean, they'd be But now you've got the favorite saying, even if they're somehow outgunned, they'll fight hard and make it close. That doesn't seem like a good handicap. I, I'm getting you off this game. No. I, I mean, well, <laughs> no. and also, I know I'm tr- I'm trust- and also I'm trusting – that Cleveland knows what they're doing as an organization because oh. obviously I saw the DTR the first game. You saw the Watson deal, Where he right? was absolutely <laughs> – well, he, I, 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 did, I saw what about Watson? The, 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 the deal, deal that they made, made to get him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the idea being is that um, that they believe, as you like to call him, P.J. Walker, Texas Ranger, mm-hmm. is not the – that DTR is better. They wouldn't be – I mean, they're still in contention. They could For still what? win the division. For the division. Come on. Oh, yeah. They What's the win. division odds right now? McKenzie's having like a Herculean effort. He's getting stuff. There's not enough screens for it. Here's a question. They're both six and three. Who do you think's got better odds, them or the Steelers? Well, of course the Steelers have better odds. The Steelers are on the road and the games pick them. No, he's trying no, to, I'm saying to win the division. Oh, to win yeah. the division. Well, the, I mean, yeah, they're, they're I, mean I, I mean, the fact that the that Pittsburgh's, you know, a pick them basically on the road means Pittsburgh's perceived to be the better team. What's up? Oh, no, I got him. So they have, yeah, they have virtually the same odds. All right, cool. Um, so you want to, uh, Scott? Why don't you do? You want to read it to us? Yeah, Thank you. plus four, plus four twenty five, plus four fifty. Steelers are plus four twenty five. Okay. Browns plus four fifty. Now that surprises me. I would have thought Pittsburgh would have been uh, that, that the Browns would have gone up even further. But those cockroach bookies don't like but to here's like the extend odds. This was just today, right? This is a. I mean, where's this going to be? 
24 hours from now. Well, I mean, do you think division? I mean, isn't this what you always say? Some of these lag? Yeah, some of these because, 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 and isn't what you say that the cockroach bookies immediately lower the odds than the other three teams, you know, and they, when, when there's bad news with Watson, but they don't, they don't yeah, raise Cleveland. I think also to, yeah. to the point that RJ just made, a lot of the tough games on the schedule, Cleveland's already played. And some of the games that Pittsburgh's had already, like the, the easier games on their schedule, Cleveland has ahead of them. So the, I, I think there's some sense that the schedule is mm. going to even out over the next few so weeks. So the odds movement from the Watson news was they were pl- they were 30-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Now they're 45-1. to one. They were 13-1 to one to win the cow. AFC. Now they're 20-1 to one to win the AFC. And they should have gone from 30-1 to one to 150-1, to one, they right? Yeah. Because, because they bottom leap, the bottom line is they're not good enough to yeah. win the Super Bowl now. And they were barely good enough to be in consideration were of some talk. Plus 230 to win the division, now plus 450. Okay. That seems so that's inter- that seems interesting. You would think the odds to win the Super Bowl would go up by a greater factor because if you have a limited quarterback, winning the Super Bowl is harder than lucking out some you know, potentially. You know, who knows? Baltimore could lose a bunch since he could. I'd love to bet sixty to win a dollar that Cleveland's not winning the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, but wouldn't you yeah. agree that whatever way the division odds were affected? The Super Bowl odds should have had a greater impact. No doubt. But instead, it was the opposite. Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe it'd be nice if they had for every team a yes/no for the division odds, right? Why wouldn't they? They have so many bets. Circa now. does. Circa does. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. What's the no? Is first. Right I'm betting Cleveland's odds are worse. You're getting better odds if you bet yes on Cleveland. I get, agree. I, I'm, I, I'm going to predict Cleveland's like five to one, and the no's minus six fifty. That and would be my guess. If it's the same as like the 450, I think I'd like to know. All right, Browns, yes, plus 405, no, minus 530. Really? I like the minus 530. Oh, I like that a lot. My head. I don't want to tie up my money with it, but it's it's free money, I think. Wow, well, we'll schedule. Some, it's interesting. They lose this game, it really hurts their odds. Maybe there's something interesting where you got to hedge, but you can win both. Five, yeah, because if they lose this game, they're done, so. Mm-hmm. Their schedule going forward. So really bet Pitt, in, in this case, it'd be what bet Pittsburgh and bet no on Cleveland, and kind of hope if Pittsburgh wins that you still think the no, no's no, rock solid. No, bet Cleveland this game, but bet no on them to win the division. That's the way I would. That's the portfolio I would go with. Okay, so but that wouldn't be a hedge. That would be you'd be betting effectively. Well, I'm betting anti. I'm betting pro Cleveland and anti Cleveland. I'm betting Cleveland to win this week. Okay, but not to but Cleveland to lose the division. Both those bets I would fully endorse. All right, how many wins do you think wins this division? Oh, I mean, let's think it's 17. It's not going to be 12, 13. 12. Yeah, I think 12. Might 11, two, might, yeah. 11 might okay. win, but 12 will win. Then hear me out. If this, if the Browns win this 11. game, that puts them at seven, right? Okay. Tell me if there's five wins. Same in thing the, with Pittsburgh. It, yeah. Well, but in the Cleveland schedule, at Broncos. Pick. At Rams. Pick. Jags. Mm-hmm. Bears. Pick. Win. At Texans. Pick. Jets. Whoa, whoa, whoa. At Texans? Texans are going to be four. Yeah, they'll be favored. They won't be four. <laughs> Texans are only laying five to Arizona. Well, how much, home. With with Kyler Murray, how much better is – I mean, that's the thing. How much did you – down? I mean, the market downgraded, what, five points it seems like almost because if you're going through three uh, – was yeah, That's a good point. I, I downgraded Cleveland three points. Okay, which is – you know, the fact Watson had his best Watson half – Watson wasn't that good. But he had his best half, and he yeah. actually played well – it was against Arizona, it's not but that good. You no, know. I agree. But he, but you. Here's the thing. You guys said, oh, they probably are starting the initial guy from UCLA because of. 
Well, maybe because they know the season's over and they they, they know what they got in Texas Walker, but they don't know what they've got well, in this guy. Texas Texas Walker's been the worst quarterback in the league. Turnover so wise, that, that's well, that's yeah, turnover, turnover. Um, worthy plays. Not not just he's great. He's graded as the worst QB in PFF. Mm-hmm. By 17 points to the next worst guy, who's Aiden O'Connell. Okay. So to put that to put that into perspective, if you look at the top guy in PFF, Jared Goff, mm-hmm. and you drop 17 points off of him, mm-hmm. it takes you all the way down to Justin Fields. So the the okay. drop off which is Justin Fields 17. Okay. So the gap so between the slots, not points. Seven, okay. yeah, 17 slots, but also 17 points. But if you oh, the okay. gap between the best quarterback and Justin Fields is the same as PJ Walker to the next worst quarterback per PFF. So what we're saying effectively from first to the middle of the road is the same as next to last to last. Yes. So possibly isn't that they believe in DTR, they just know that Walker is complete. He's trash. worse. Yeah, yeah, maybe this is a guy that was And And the first time DTR played, remember, he didn't have a week of practice. It was a, it was like a, hey, you're playing, and DTR had to play yeah. against the freaking Ravens. And well, DTR looked great in preseason. He did. There was a lot. That's well, why they trade Josh Dobbs. Exactly. I yeah. agree with that. Oh, they would love to have Josh. Oh, Dobbs yeah. In hindsight, that was obviously a mistake. Well, they weren't willing to pay it for a six-round pick for him, apparently, yeah. which is crazy. It's the same thing when Minshew signed with Philly. It's like the whole market ignored that Minshew was a, a real good backup, if not a borderline starter. Doesn't it, make any sense. Yeah. Hey, this is fascinating. I, here's the thing, though. This got to be crushing because you know what? This was their year. Next year, it starts. The cap hits are like sixty-six mil. I think it's sixty-three million dollars for the next three years. Sixty-three, sixty-three, and sixty-three. If I am going by memory, but don't you think? See, I disagree with the. You're right. Of course, they have no chance. I know it. You know it. But they don't know it. It's like, well, like, like, heck, as, as a Jet fan, Scotty, when the when the when the Jets beat Buffalo, He's not thinking they're going to make this. They're when the thinking, Jets, can Aaron Rodgers come back? Is what they're no, thinking. No, it's like I'm straight out of Vegas, right? Right? Well, they're, 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 they were going to be. You know, we would have been happy to be two and two, and we're going to be two and two, and we'll be just fine. I remember. I'm not just the fine. Ar- he, the told, he told about these seven stages of grief. <laughs> I mean, that's not thinking that, that came. That, that, came, that end, grief came later. That doesn't with the, with end with everything's just fine. Isn't yeah. the eighth stage? <laughs> It's that you finally accept it. It's acceptance and moving on fast. But what, but your hope is they make the playoffs. You're not, not hoping after, for a Super Bowl. Not after the last two games. But you, you don't even hope that. Yeah, I mean, before the last two games, like, yeah, the hope was that the Jets win these next two games and Aaron Rodgers comes back mid-December. Th- these and guys, the Jets are a, uh, a playoff team and a Super Bowl contender. By example, like, like, and I know it's our hometown team, the Raiders. Like, like I'm driving another I almost got into an accident. I heard you guys talk about the Raiders, like, playoff contenders, and I, I literally almost veered off the road. Well, you don't think that they, they are? Be, God, no. They're terrible. Come on, guys. They, well, they, but there's, a, what, one or two terrible teams the that make the playoffs? Playoff Every year, they're not me. Do you know who the you know who the final wild card team is right now in the AFC? Don't care. There won't be there won't be the Raiders at the end of the year. All right, let's look at the Steelers real quick. Their um, schedule, and then Mackenzie, if you could find me the Raiders playoff odds. This guy's having a good show. I'll tell you that much. All right, um, but I do think you make a good point, AJ. The schedule is favorable to the Browns, so I'm going to back you know be a little cautious. So here we are. We're going to start with this week. It's the Browns. Then the Bengals, all right, Cardinals, that's an easy one. Patriots, we don't want to say it. That's a fairly easy one. Colts, slightly below average. Yep. Bengals. What's the, what's the line Steelers at Colts, you think? Steel, it matters what, if Pittsburgh, is t- if it was today. Colts, yeah. Colts yeah. a tiny favorite. You think? Yeah. So do you think the Colts, Colts and the Browns right now are about the same? Do you have them the same? Because 
I mean, Browns are a tiny Yeah, fit. yeah, I got them close. All right. Um, real quick then, and then the final three. So it was Browns, Bengals, Cardinals, Patriots, Colts, Bengals again, Seahawks, Ravens. So the last three are tough, and the next one is tough. And the middle is, and what's the middle? Three. Hmm. So they have three, one easy game, two moderate games, and four tougher games. Isn't that funny? The Patriots is the yeah, easy game. Yeah. So, um, it's yeah. funny you say that about the Colts, Fez. Like, it, do you think how, how much of a difference do you think there is between DTR and Gardner Minshew? Well, we're going to compare both teams. Well, I'm just I, thinking, like, if the Colts and the Browns, like, the Browns still have I think arguably Minshew's the best a, defense in the league. Maybe Minshew's a point and a half better. But remember, what was the line when the Browns played in Indianapolis? If I remember, it was, laying, it was like right? two and a half, yeah. right? It was below three. Yeah. And that was with Watson supposed to play. Yeah. Right? And, I, and the Colts have been upgraded since then, I think, not downgraded. That game upgraded mm-hmm. them. And they, you know, they won the, the, pick, the double pick six game against Carolina. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything, I think the market likes Indianapolis more than we understand, than maybe is logical to us. All right, this has been fascinating to connect the dots. AJ, you haven't even given, so you fill in the blanks from here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is I think there's there's going to be an upgrade at quarterback, at least from from PJ Walker. I, I think the overreaction from oh, Watts, I think a possible upgrade. I think DTR has to be better than the worst quarterback in the whole league. Okay, but what are the stats on what's his name? DTR? Dorian Thompson Robinson. Oh my god! I actually think DTR stats right now are much worse. Well, they because, are because it's one. Okay, but it was, so why doesn't that count? Because it's a one. It's a one game sample. Okay, so but what I'm it, saying is that's all we know about him at the professional level. Yeah, but and we can he, count his preseason. Can we? Some. Well, come on, we can't throw some, it in the garbage can. Some. O'Connell was good in the preseason, listen, and, then I, had, and then he had a bad game, and then he's been serviceable. You were just saying, or I don't know if it was on air or not, how bad, how the Raiders stink, and they, they do stink. Why? Why would they start oh, just him? Now, it was just now. Why would they start him if they didn't think he was better? Maybe they, here's the thing: is the question is he is he better, or is the question is how bad is he? It doesn't matter how if he's better. Because question, I th- I think the Browns. You like, hear my point? Okay. How bad is he? Because if he play, let me ask you this: if he plays like he did the first game, you don't like this bad at all. Oh, he's worse than D- D- Dominic Devito or whatever, <laughs> or the yeah. Giants. So I, I guess what's the chance of him playing? You know, by what one increment better, two increment? I don't know, but I think if he plays one increment, here's the thing. You've got a Steeler team. If it's late, in the, I tell you this, I can see teasing it if the Browns were dogs. But you can't tell me if Pittsburgh's down two with the ball with four minutes left, you feel too good. Or oh, if, no, I would feel If they're good. down one. I don't trust either one of the offenses. I wouldn't feel good well, with either team. Well, how do you think team. the voodoo happens for Pittsburgh? It's usually late in the game. Yeah, because he throws it up to the one good receiver who like, like well, makes a hurt. And now you got two. Deontay's back. And, okay, and if you really, that's a good point. McKenzie, do me a favor. It's a very oh, good so point. He gave me one, so what, what do we got here? Passing grade, you want to read it? What, what you think is pertinent? Oh, uh, yeah, just showing you DTR's PFF grade. He, If you don't have any filter, because he'll be filtered out, he's the fourth worst quarterback. P.J. Walker is the second worst quarterback with no filter. And, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Now, that's amazing that because I because that was the worst game I've ever seen played, that P.J. Walker is, was, has been worse for the season. Now, now who's the other two? The, Mitch Trubisky? Yes, and Clayton So who's too. the backup? So the first string quarterback on the Browns, second string on the Browns, and the second string on the Steelers are three of the four worst quarterbacks yeah. in the game. And who's the other one? Clayton Toon, the guy who uh, oh. the guy that Cleveland beat twenty-seven nothing. <laughs> yeah. And 
And you want to hear something? There was a guy that I like. I'm not going to try to throw him under the bus. He said he thought Kyler Murray was maybe a half point better. Oh, wait, no, wait. Was it my, the guy I've been listening to thinking he's slipping? Fez, or was it you said you heard someone? You don't have to say his name. Yeah, so somebody I know was saying there's no. But this was on the radio. There's no appreciable difference between, you know, Toon and Kyler Murray. And I I text him and say he's smoking crack. If appreciable means the size of the Grand Canyon, maybe. (laughs) But, I mean, wow. Yeah, tune. That's I why mean, they're paying Tune forty million. No, they're not paying him forty million. They're paying the other guys. You guys realize million. you're making a bet favored over Tomlin. Yeah. With two of the four worst quarterbacks in the game. Yes. Yes. And when I say in the game, I don't mean this game. I mean the game. Let me the ask game. you this. Let me ask you this. Cleveland wins the yardage by fifty yards. Mm-hmm. Who wins the game? Doesn't matter. How oh, I think. Gonna, see, I think it does. We don't know that they're going to win by fifty. yards. I understand, yards. but just humor me. What odds would you give me on Pittsburgh winning the yardage? Three to one. Fez, no. Cleveland won the yardage in the first game by 150, yeah, and they so, lost. <laughs> but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is, is TJ Watt playing? Yes. Okay, we're good. <laughs> I remind you that little kid. And the game on the line, it's tied. <laughs> and DTR is running, he's going to run for the first. Oh, he's stripped from behind. It's no, no. picked up by a Steeler. And run into the end zone. <laughs> the Steelers are going to the end zone, and the towels are waving in Cleveland. Or Cleveland misses an extra point, and I don't know what it, it ends up a tie. I could see that. I that, elf was, that elf was smiling when the game started. Now he's frowning in midfield. I think TJ Watt picks him up, takes the ball from him, throws him aside, and runs. <laughs> I will say this, and um, so what were the? You had the playoff odds too, right, McKenzie? I saw you had them. Okay, Fat. Oh, Fez looks smart here. Raiders. To make the playoffs, is that seven to one? Seven to one. Yeah, yeah, which is why we brought it up on SLV. I said, "Hey guys, you're not going to believe these odds." And then we bring them up, and then three days later, we bring up the same odds. It's like, "Oh yeah, Fez was right." <laughs> yeah, but when you thought of those odds, it, no game has been played since yes. then. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't there though. Now your Steelers, I, I believe your Steelers are pick them to make. But Fez heard us talking about it on SOV. Is what oh, so what you're saying is this wasn't so predictive. Okay, I say every time a team like goes on a two game winning streak against bad teams, you guys like are you, 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 you know you're buying playoff tickets. Well, he's talking. A We're lot, talking about the talking odds with a lot is, more authority than he did last week before he announced the second place. That's agent. the job we do on Straight Out of Vegas AM is we talk about those odds. We didn't say let's run out and bet the Raiders <laughs> to go to the playoffs. That's we, the only reason you know those odds. So really, what you're point. saying. Is if you want to be informed, if you don't want to sound ignorant in a conversation about gambling, you got to listen to SOVA. Exactly, Fez. Or risk it. <laughs> Pittsburgh to make the playoffs, yes or no, RJ? It's pick them. Would I want McKenzie to look up for the seventh thing this game? I want him to look up the Steelers' offensive efficiency since, including the Rams game, mm. when Deontay Johnson came back. It's a major difference. I, I I agree with you there. I think there was a they an, they sucked on offense without him. That's a big deal. There's an anachronistic element to this hate of the Steelers. And and I'm not a player guy, but I will also say that I they should have been doing this all year long. I don't want to tell Tomlin how to coach. Yeah, thank you. But this this backup running back Warren is really good, and he they finally split the carries. Um, last week it was like 15 and 16 with Najee, and I think Warren's better. Would you agree? For the, the rookie running back, you know, I'm not. I think he's a rookie. This right? is the, the, yeah, I think this is the this is the thing about with Zeke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't find a lot. I'm not a fantasy player, so yeah. I think that what they're doing, having two good running backs, helps my bet here. Yeah, they were both very effective. Uh, Warren 101 yards last week. Harris 82 yards last week. Okay. Speaking of the running okay, game, you got 
the weather in this one, we have a slight chance of rain. Pittsburgh Steeler weather. But 14-mile-an-hour winds. Cleveland Brown weather. And so if, if are there tackles playing this game? If we if we think it's going to be a wind game, we like running the football, and it's it's a matter of who you like better as far as running, whether you well, like the Steelers or the Browns or the Browns defense against the Steelers defense rushing wise. Well, Hayward's back, so if you look at the season stats, you got to account That's for those games. I'm almost going to push the button here. Um, all right, so here's the guess. Don't look. Steelers EPA though game since the Rams. So on offense, one to thirty-two. Fifteen. Thinking. With their fifteen, you would, they're a top ten team. Seventeen. McKenzie? Thirteenth best offense since week seven. Mm-hmm. Now McKenzie makes another good point. All right. Is in the pregame EPA adjustment, we take away luck. Mm. Steelers should have been 0 and 5 to start the season. They should have won. Is it th- uh, three of the last four? Yes. Uh, now that has more relevance. So, uh oh, <laughs> I have an open. Well, your defense is. Oh, look, he's trying to stop. Well, me. You lost, I have an you, open. You, lost you, you got a bad number. Well, here you today. lost Minka, right? So that that offsets. I think he's he's potentially back this week, but we we, we haven't. But that know. would be an offset with your lineman coming back, right? Your, I, I think it would be an. It a, would make a this a double good bet. So I'm going against. Now, what's your record? You, you got to have that memorized. Right? I don't. It changes every week. It's 32, oh, right. 32 and 17. And Fez, what, what's your record in the, the uh, uh, millions? 35, 12, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, I've been pressing this button so much the now, battery's died. <laughs> it's, all t- it's all together. I listened to RJ and uh-huh. RJ We Trust. Uh-huh. By Saturday, you see this. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I send RJ. Well, I picks, predict what you're going to like on and, Saturday, and oftentimes things change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I got to tell like you, the stock market. You I think be Pittsburgh's flexible. underrated here. Because you bring up a good point with the wide receiver back. So injury-wise, Pat Fryermuth should be back this week. Ooh, is a huge boost to the offense. Uh, tight end. Minka Fitzpatrick is quote battling to come back. So don't need. We don't. Now with most teams, I would say no, but Steelers are are alloyed, un, unalloyed steel. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, I actually like this. Here's why. They the Tennessee Tennessee's not a horrible team. I mean they they've had horrible spots. They they've looked really good, right? At different times. Pittsburgh that game could have went Tennessee, but they handled them. Pretty I mean it was like it wasn't a fluky game. They lost the stats. <laughs> well, yeah. But but again, that I don't see that. You know who who uh has uh I was telling you about the list where 8 we got to bet on that too, right? Seven, six times you win in a season, and Pittsburgh's at six when you lose a stat. Yeah. In the other, there's about 20 teams ahead of them because there's a bunch of teams, or there's maybe 15 teams ahead of them, but there's about 30 that include at six, right? So, but of the teams ahead of them, there's like five Patriot teams. From Ooh. from the Brady making era. your case again. That's like well, the Patriot. The Patriots and and Pittsburgh for whatever reason are undervalued. And curiously, uh, Herbert and company might go in the other bucket. <laughs> but wouldn't you agree if it's if it's tied with five minutes left, you don't like? Your, well, even if you had pick them, you wouldn't like yeah, your bet. I I agree with that. And Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh will say, you know, we've been here. Hey, I, in fact, one of the one of the players just said this. You see, the, he said a quote. You know, every game's close. We're used to it. It's fine. Pittsburgh is nine and zero in their last nine one score games. <laughs> Eleven and one in their last twelve one score games. Now that's strong. You could say it's a good run until it keeps running and running. You know, Phil Ivey has some good runs in those poker tournaments. 
All right, Scott, I haven't heard a word from you. What's your quick analysis? Oh, I think that if it's a win game, I like the under. And if it's a low-scoring game, I always lean the underdog. I know it's pretty much a pick yeah. here. But I like the Steelers. And it's Tomlin as an underdog, and it's Tomlin when facing a good team as an underdog, especially in the AFC. When facing AFC opponents that have an above 500 record, Tomlin as a dog is 26-13-2 ATS. And the debate is a one-point dog. What is it? You know, Do they yeah. even know? It's, it's like pick them. And right. then you have the one-score game thing. <laughs> the Steelers, sure. 9 I, th- I think the one-score game thing is much more significant. They've won nine straight. But, I but don't you like? Did we said this about Minnesota, and we kept betting against Minnesota last year, and well, saying we did keep losing. And they, <laughs> I kept betting on them. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Minnesota right now is is seems to be the cri- the, the opposite darlings of of like they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. With Dobbs is what yeah. people are saying. I mean, I mean, some smart people think it's very possible. All right, last thing. When I pressed the button, it was a thousand bucks because best yeah. bets are five hundred. I'm going against two. As I ponder it, it might be a little much. So it's completely your discretion, but if we wanted to go 300 and 300, I would not object, but it's your guys' decision. 300's fine with me. All right. 300's fine with me. All right. Whew. That was a lot. A thousand was a lot. I, yeah, I just but, felt froggy, and it was like, yeah. RJ, you're betting against Dorian Thompson Robinson. But I'm betting against, you're betting like against 70% yeah, between you're, you're betting against A.J. Hop. What's your record? Means, you're not betting against me. You're betting against Miles Garrett. Like, <laughs> Let's face it. Like, and you're betting against TJ Watt. Yeah. So, somehow Miles Garrett got handled just fine. Let's hope he doesn't run Can't around just, accusing people of racism, <laughs> which has not panned out. Has Can't it? we just do like what they Poor did in North Dallas 40? It's like, we heard him bad, you know? And by the way, for those that don't know that story, remember when there was a helmet Mason fight? Mason Rudolph yeah, t- took his helmet off, or Miles mm. Garrett took his helmet off and swung it at him. Right? Was it that way? I can't remember which way it was. It would have been really Rudolph. funny if it was Mason Rudolph swinging a helmet at Miles Garrett, but it but was he not. He needs Rudolph. a helmet. <laughs> Wait, Rudolph wound up without his helmet on. Though. Yeah. He, Rudolph he threw yanked, the helmet. He yanked Rudolph's helmet off and, and swung it at him. Miles Garrett, yeah, swung it at him. <laughs> well, it's illegal. That sounds like a nice guy. Is, He's is, not a nice guy. It is a penalty to be on the field trying to play without your helmet on, so that Rudolph was, was committing a 15-year personal foul penalty. <laughs> See, that was okay if you would have you didn't have to say the 15 <laughs> Even you ran out of steam. Yes. All right. But um but here's the way it went. Whoever swung at whom, and we'll get that information in a second. Miles Garrett swung it. it yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Someone up and swung it at him. All right. So poor Steeler that's getting abused. Yeah. And then when people started caught saying Garrett, that's 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 barbaric, he said, Well, he called me the N-word. And it was like, what? And I was, you weren't at SOV at this point, were you? I don't think I was. No, it would have been a little, because it was, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it. I talked about it in Houston, so I wasn't. But what I'm saying is, I on air said, guys, here's the thing I promise you. We're never going to hear who said what here, because, and I guarantee, I don't know about guarantee, but I'd make a major bet that he was lying. Because if Rudolph had any tendency to be, Casting slurs like that when you come up in football, there'd be a reputation about him. Right. When the when the thing, you know, you hear that about Carson Wentz, they couch it in saying, and again, I'm saying my interpretation of it. They they couch it in, you know, he doesn't get along with his teammates. Well, his, most of his teammates are black. And it's like if you don't get along with your teammates, you're not getting around with, you know, you're like you're a country guy that keeps to himself. It doesn't mean you're racist, it means you're not a big fan favorite in the locker room, right? Well, it seems like Rudolph didn't have that problem. He wasn't a fan favorite because he didn't play well. Yeah. But it just seems weird. That, but that's not proof positive. But what I find interesting is wouldn't that be a major investigation? You would think so, but I don't know it how was. you prove it. The NFL 
They did look into it. They they looked into it. And like they, they peeked that, in the door yeah, and said yeah, everyone in and bad. They said they found no evidence to corroborate what Garrett was saying. And he was suspended for six games. But he wasn't suspended for the accusation. He was suspended no, no, for, suspended for swinging, a helmet. swinging a helmet. But, at but, it, but, but, yeah. it, but isn't that a vicious accusation? It is. That somehow everyone just shrugs about, like because I, I think because there's no way to to prove it one way or the other. It's a he said she said generally. Except but, they weren't alone in a room. You're right, but they, there was <laughs> all the mics. I, I'm, well, unless one of them was mic'd up, yeah. And if one well, of them was mic'd up, but if any player around them were mic'd up, yeah. Right. I I'll just say that Riley Cooper. No, I, I don't. I didn't think anyone thought Riley Cooper would be the guy throwing out the n word when he got caught throwing the n word on film, mm-hmm. and it was like. People were sh- like his teammates were shocked that he said it. Like, I, I, I missed this. What was the context? He was at a he was at a country concert oh, and okay. he said, "I'll fight every n word in this place." And someone caught what it on. How was that about? Which, by the way, like I I don't know where it came from. I don't know why he's like. There's no context to it. It's just him saying that yeah. on the video. That's a weird thing to. How many how many were at the uh, African American? I don't know, but <laughs> I. I all I know is his teammates were like, "Was he gonna fight him all at once?" Because I, I got presumably, the, I I'm fading at that dude. Yeah, <laughs> all it right. Was, uh, it was he, he got into it with the security guards. He was yelling yeah. at the security guards. Oh, so this wasn't on Mike. Well, he what he didn't think he was on. Yeah, Mike. he got caught on video. Oh, Someone yeah. but, with but, a phone video. I, no, no, I thought he went up. Was on the stage. No, oh, no, no, no. Out no. onto the crowd and say, "I'll fight every." You know, no, 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 no. that would have been bold. <laughs> Not not good, but but, but I mean, whoo, that's a, that's a wild story. But instead, he was backstage. Oh, that's actually bad news because you could see if he says it publicly that he's not thinking he's saying something wrong. Because you know, let's be honest, there's different uses of it, the hard or whatever. Not that a white person should be doing that, regardless. And again, I don't, I wouldn't want to walk that minefield myself. I you know, but you could see it maybe. Because I know there's a lot of whites that hang out with a lot of blacks that will use the A, you know, the, you know, with the A a lot. You've heard that, right? And it just, every time I see it, I look there, I'm like, man, that seems like a minefield. Because it only takes one time at 1.30 in the morning that it rubs someone wrong. That, yeah. that shocks me that you that, that you say that because it's like, that's like, a, well, I'm, I'm old. But remember, no, what I'm, what I'm not saying is, you know, how when... The, the African Americans, I guess they're black because it's not all from Africa. But the uh, on rap and all that, you hear that word a lot. Well, they're not the distinction. Again, you guys can help me. And Mackenzie went to the bathroom, but is um, the they say the hard R is the one that's really pejorative, mm-hmm. and then the, with the A kind of right. So uh, at the end, let's say right. Don't say it any of it. But um, the. But to me, it's like, man, that's a nuance, yeah. right? Any, anytime any white guy uses any iteration of that word, it makes me extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, me too, especially if I'm there and I might get I, Yeah, I don't want to be there. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, if I'm in a place where white guys are using that word, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> so it's fascinating. <sighs> Game number two is next. Normally, we would go to RJ's best bet here, but he's created a new rule yeah. that whoever's on the losing streak of best bets... Goes last. So, Scott, Mr. 5-0 and o last week, you've got the second shot. And let's sh- be shot clear, here. I don't have a losing record. No. But I lost this game. But wait a minute. I had Carolina last week. Not as your five. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What was my my five last week was what? Oh, I know, I know. It was New Orleans. God darn it. That was my one loser. We went eight and two last two weeks. All right. Out of protest for me being the first one to get pushed back. To, now it's the, pretty much the middle of the pod will be my best bet. No, it'll actually be next. 
Either way, I'm going to go get a drink of water with Scott Todd. <laughs> All right, my best bet. Coming off a 5-0 and week, I don't know if you heard. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars laying seven against the Titans. And I think this is the perfect bounce-back spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, you can't leave, RJ. I- I'll give you the stat here. Come. You guys have crossfire here. Yeah, we got a big crossfire. Oh, we got a five-four. Oh, RJ is on I'll Tennessee. Okay, I'm back. I'm coming back. Hold oh. on. Yeah, RJ right. has a four-weight against me on Tennessee. All so right. I think this is the perfect bounce-back spot for the Titans. RJ, bad loss last week. We understand that, but now you get an opponent that has not scored more than 16 points in a road game all season. So you said a bounce back for Tennessee. You meant against Tennessee. A bounce back for the Jaguars off the blowout last week. Against Tennessee. Against Tennessee, yes. Will Levis, the fourth lowest success rate of quarterbacks in the NFL. He's ahead of only Tommy DeVito, Zach Wilson, and P.J. Walker. This is all games? Yes. Jaguars secondary, top five in coverage grades according to PFF. And this is the bounce back stats. Here we go. Since 2012, so we go back into our entire database, when winning teams, teams above 500, when they lose by 20 or more, which the Jaguars got blown out by 31 last week, the following week they go 53-36-2 ATS, 59.6%. Now, if that team is favored by a touchdown or more, which the Jaguars are here at seven-point favorites, 14-9-1 14-9-1 ATS. Well, that seems worse. 60.9%. Okay. And that's 3.58 points of margin. All right. So that's a big margin. So the theory of that, as you know, is if a team has a big disappointment, they're focused. And if they can name, not name their score, but if they are clearly better, their focus usually leads to a nice result, right? Yeah, they're a winning team. They're not. Like, bad not, teams yeah. get blown out all the time. This is a, a winning team. Even if they're team. trying hard. Yes. Um. Now, here's the question, and I haven't looked at this for this game, but I'm going to ask myself and find out what the line was in the look ahead. Because my thinking is you benefit from the Jags if there was a big upgrade in Tennessee. I don't, I'm guessing there isn't. So let's see. The look ahead line was six. All right. Now it's seven. So in a weird way, the, the, I, Six to seven is a pretty big move. Mm-hmm. So my point is Tennessee's been downgraded more than Jacksonville was off that loss. So I think not saying the trend doesn't apply. I'm saying the the rationale behind the trend is at least half of it. The focus will still yeah. be there, but I don't think you're getting the value. Well, I think the line move is because the bounce back is expected from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if they would have won the game, the line would have stayed the same. No, I think it'd be higher. So it's going up. So we should have yeah. bet it last week because yeah. of what we're yes. saying. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you're right. Sometimes it can be the bounce back. But, boy, you've got to downgrade Jacksonville pretty big off of what you saw. Against the healthy 49ers team, which I think is the best they, team they, in the league. They beat them like they were a junior varsity yeah. team. The yeah. line was only three. Mm-hmm. and they, they It was my best bet. I had San Francisco as my best bet. Yeah, so let's not say. So Fez was in the restroom, and he's drinking a Mountain Dew. He's filling up. He's out. Here's the debate. Scott's point was, hey, Jacksonville is going to be focused. They just got embarrassed, right? Mm-hmm. I, I agree generally with him, and he has trends on it. And I said, okay, a big chunk of that is the downgrade of the team that played like crap. The last, and, and the theory is in his trend, you lose by 20 or more, right? Well, last week this line was six. Now it's seven. So Jacksonville was lane six. Now they're lane seven. And my thought is, hmm, it shows you Tennessee has been downgraded more. Mm-hmm. 
And Scott's saying, no, maybe it's they think that the bounce back, it, you know, they're going to be extra motivated. What do you think? It, what, caused the, what caused the line to go to seven, you think? I think it's in whenever you talk about does a favorite cover, all right? And how motivated are they? Now, I know this isn't double digits, so it doesn't completely fall, but I think ultra motivated. You had a team, yeah. they're at home. They get massively embarrassed at home. Now they're home again against an, an opponent they can handle that oftentimes they could look past. When do teams stub their home? That's, what, when can they look past Tennessee? You can look past. Well, I'll use an example. Like Cincinnati playing Houston. Mm-hmm. Like I could see Cincinnati. We talked about that being like like a, um, a sandwich spot mm-hmm. last week where mm-hmm. they kind of – I think they kind of looked past Houston, all right? But if Cincinnati had been coming off a loss, they wouldn't have looked past them. And I think that this is the case where Jacksonville's like, we just got freaking embarrassed. We're, we're going to get their A game. And so I, because of that, I think it's a very good spot for Jacksonville. Okay. But do you think that that's why the line went up? If it is— That's why it went from 6.5 to 7. Okay. So it was 6.5 for a day, uh-huh. and everyone, everyone that I've spoken to about is like, oh, they're going to be ultra-motivated. Okay. Yes. So my question is this. If they would have one-handedly against San Francisco, the line would have went up too. I think— the opening line would have started, I agree with you, I think it would have started at 7.5, and, mm-hmm. and then the opposite would have happened, that they'd be like, oh, they'll be looking past well, Tennessee overconfident, saying, and it would have gotten to the same spot eventually at 7. Which Except, is a point higher than last week. Yes. So we're saying if they win, it goes up to 7. If they lose, it goes up to 7. Maybe we should have bet it at 6. We should have. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I've never seen a scenario, mm-hmm. if they win or lose, the line's going up, because the line wouldn't be 6 if that were the case. Yes. Right? So I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, you finish and then... Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm pretty much... I'm, I'm wrapped up here. So this I, is about words, motivation. This is about motivation. This is about the trends of the bounce back Will spot. Levis. And this is about Will Levis and this and this Tennessee Titans offense overall not doing anything. Again, on the road this year, they never scored more than 16 points. They've gone 28 straight games without scoring 30 points. So this is not a high-scoring offense by any means. And if you're asking me which team I think has the potential to have four touchdowns in this game... It's the Jacksonville Jaguars, not the Tennessee Titans. Okay, Mackenzie, can you um, put up the home road splits for Trevor Lawrence for me? Uh, maybe sure. pro football reference. Or wherever you have, you, you think they're best. Okay, there's a couple of factors here. Do you want this season or career? Uh, do this season first, and we'll look at last season because it applies to that also. All right. Okay, so I'll wait for a second about Trevor Lawrence, but I talked about this on the Monday pod for dedicated listeners as we recap their loss at home. Let's look at Tennessee. Tennessee has played. AJ, pull up the games, please. Got it. Um, so they've played, I think, four straight against really tough run defenses. Pittsburgh's in there. Can you read me their last four opponents? At Bucks, uh-huh. at Steelers. All right, so let's stop. Bucks, one of the top five run defenses. All right. I Are mean, they still? They're a real good run defense. It's hard to run on the Bucks. I know there might have been a time three weeks ago that the, uh, you know, that the uh, P or not the PFF. You like the football? The DVOA, the yeah. DVOA. I, what I'm saying is it, it, this team's winning games and they're not great against the pass. I know that much. Yeah, they're second here EPA per rush play. Okay. Right? That's on defense. Yeah, on defense. Okay. This is opponents EPA per rush. So that, yeah. yeah. And again, I'm not saying football outsiders, or again, I keep saying DVOA doesn't have a lot to recommend it, but yeah, I don't even know. You can check maybe after this what they are. But Pittsburgh had Haywood back for that game. Yep. So now they were pretty good run defense with him. Falcons. Good run defense. Ravens. Good run defense. So I think it has felt frustrating to Tennessee fans, Tennessee themselves, because Henry has been stifled like we haven't seen since early in his career, and not even then necessarily. And though Levis has shown some flashes, 
And I'm saying they've been one-dimensional. And you talk about success rate. Remember, success rate is a binary. It's a one or a zero, success mm-hmm. or not. He has an A dot, I think, of 11 or so, which is right at the top of the league. He's a big game hunter. And and to me, Jacksonville, actually, they're run. you know, I, I think it's a situation where Tennessee's going to be able to run a little bit more than they have been. And that's a part of it. I think another part of it is I'm more of a Will Levis fan than most. You know, last week uh, or the week before last, so it would have been his second game, he ended up with a PFF grade of like 50, 52 or whatever, which is horrible. But, Fez, you remember that last drive, you were giving him credit for throw, Levis for throwing. Yeah, with the, on the final play against of the, the game, Steelers. And, and instead of throwing it into the third row, he, he threw it up for grabs on the goal line, which is what you're supposed to do, right? Because you give your team a chance to win. And on that drive, he had three turnover-worthy plays just trying to push the ball downfield. All three of those count against him. And apparently before— That's a good, that's a good point throughout the entire drive. But it's proper because yeah, interception, yeah. It, inter, an interception counts the same as, 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 as out on downs. But the question is, what does it affect the win percentage? If you throw an interception from the 50 on the last play of the game, a Hail Mary, the win percentage went from a tenth of a percent to zero percent. So it hardly affects. So there is the. I think the situation matters, yeah. right? When you throw a turn. Yeah. Out. Well, just like on the Jets' final play, Wilson played a terrible game, but he played. But he had a beautiful hail mary. They threw into the end zone that could have been caught. You know, I don't know if you saw that on the on the final play of the game when the Jets lost to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, that was like one of the best plays of the year by by a quarterback. It's just that's kind of sad for the Jets. That the best is. play of the year was an incomplete pass. But um, so to me, but but PFF actually explained. They said before the last drive, his grade was seventy five, and that. And, and we, that, so we're downgrading him for what was, by all accounts, a very good well, the, job on the final drive. Yeah, the yeah. one game. Now, last week, mm-hmm. I, I, can you get the numbers for last week, McKenzie? I don't, I don't think they're good, right? So maybe now we got three in a row. Yeah. And so if I'm not mistaken. It was bad last week. Yeah, so we'll see what the numbers say. Go ahead. You guys said No, I was just looking at Jacksonville's <clears> defense <throat> and, and how good they've been this year. So in our uh, EPA, 96-4 filter and success rate, for opponents drop back, they're fourth. Their seventh and success rate opponents drop mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. against the rush. So if you average those two, that's a good number. Against the rush, they're tenth in EPA per rush, number one in a success rate. Okay, that's interesting. Now that's a big deal. So they give up some. They give up some big plays. You know what? But they, not aging well. That what? Buffalo game. That solid ultra win in in, in uh, Europe, mm-hmm. where they kicked Buffalo's butt that's in the first quarter. Point. You know, now that might have been the beginning of the demise for Buffalo. Because yeah. yeah. that was the first one. It, it was and they early barely in the game held, that that linebacker got hurt. Right? Yep. And yeah. they barely held on. I mean, they're up eleven nothing, and then they barely almost lost. All right. So real quick, Lawrence at home has a passer rating of seventy nine point seven. That's this season. So we'll call it eighty. Um. And on the road, he has a passer rating of 102. <laughs> so same money yardage. And and uh, yeah, and last year you want to get those. You can just put those two numbers up. Mackenzie will know what it is. Um, home away. Um, but real quick, Will Levis last week QBR of 27 and PFF of 46. So it's interesting because the 46 was pretty much like the game before, but very different. Mm. Right now, we'll see. It could be that the film has got him. I think Jacksonville is not good. 
right? And I don't think they should be laying more. And my power ratings agree with you. My power ratings have these teams four and a half points apart. And there's at most one for a home field. Mm-hmm. So the power mm-hmm. ratings scream. So take the, the six plus last number. week might have been good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I think, and, and we know Vrabel tries. I mean, we know we're not going to see a fade here or a give up situation. So who, who doesn't try? Well, I mean, you you usually had eight teams tanking a week <laughs> back in the day. I think the like whatever happens, it's gonna how they do against the run, how Jacksonville does against the run is gonna be super key here. And I like the stats I looked at today. I looked at PFF, and in PFF, Jacksonville is a below average run defense. DVOA, they're third. And then I looked at just yards per like yards per rush, and they've got the, they, they're better yards per yards per attempt against them than Cleveland is. And so I. Well, I, I think what we're seeing is they give up some big some big plays. Because being yeah. number one in success, yeah, okay. Um, so Trevor Lawrence. Now, this is interesting. McKenzie is being a good research assistant here. And here's why. Oh, wait, you took it away. You had in play. So where was the Jacksonville Chargers game? At Jacksonville. Okay. So you should have put it in. And then it, it would make it look worse because he's typing in a query and he says, and play His road playoff game at KC, though, slightly brought down his numbers, so it was a judgment call. Okay. Well, you could have just had the— You could have just <laughs> had the— home no. playoffs. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, take, let's keep him in because there was one of each. That's fine. Uh, even if it will kind of diminish my point a little bit. But All right, I, cool. So those are up. All right. So I, I don't want to read the whole paragraph. What was his passer rating? Passer rating was 96 on the road, 89 at home last year. So we now have two years— that this guy plays better on the road. That's pretty rare. Yeah. He's home this game, Scott. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and my last point on this game is Trevor Lawrence, I've started hearing negative things. And remember, he was the first pick in my quarterback draft. Somehow I'm still killing it. But still, okay. Is they said he's having reading not comprehension, reading defense problem, that there was three or four plays against 49ers that a good second-year quarterback would have known exactly where to go, or at least a good reader, and he was making bad mistakes. And I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's all rhythm, all, and it's like, but he doesn't love football. Now, remember, he's the guy, correct me if I'm wrong, that he'd play college on Saturday, and then Sunday he'd spend Doesn't with his girlfriend going for a walk and not watch the NFL. Going that's, apple picking, That's I just heard. un-American. I it, heard apple picking. It's certainly a small sample, but <laughs> the, the first game that Will Levis played against the Falcons at home, he looked really solid. Okay. And then the two road games that he's played, he looked like a pumpkin. Well, but again, I don't think he looked like a pumpkin in the second game. I think he had, until, until the last drive that we think – was virtuous, though it would have been better if they scored. The Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Yeah. That in front of the world for the first time, he played pretty well. And again, obviously a bad game last week. Now, what is that? I don't know. I wish this bad game was second and the decent game mm-hmm. was third because I don't like the trend line. But we're getting seven. Who who should Jacksonville be? Uh, one last – oh, go ahead. But one last thing, McKenzie, and then AJ will talk and I'll say it. Can you put up the game-by-game game this year for Lawrence? And I want to zero in on the touchdowns. He's, I just am going by memory. He's had two games this uh, year. I just want to look at it. two games that he had more than one touchdown this year, if I'm not mistaken. And can you? And he only had two, so it's like we'll look at it. But it's like this guy's not throwing the ball that well. Yeah, it was enough to keep me off this game. The move from six and a half to seven because I I wanted Jacksonville as well. And when I came in to the office this morning, it was six and a half. When the contest line came out at at four o'clock Pacific time. It was seven. I immediately crossed it off the list. So, Fez, what do you uh, lean this way? 
in this game? Oh, the spot says Jacksonville. The power ratings say Tennessee. Easy pass. So no, no why, why why spot Jacksonville? I, oh, off the off the, the loss. Yeah. Let me ask you, Art. You said Vrabel won't quit, but like we talked about when they traded Kevin Byard, and mm-hmm. we're like, why why would they? And they said Ryan Tannehill's done for the year. It well, they didn't, didn't say Ryan. Tan- they said the starter going forward is Will Love. Yes. They didn't say done for the year. They say it, that could change in that could change in three weeks. Right? Okay. Remember, remember yeah. uh, last year with the Colts? It just seemed like the, the the trade and then switching quarterbacks came at a time where it made it, it made it seem like winning this season isn't a priority. Well, here's the thing. They didn't get anything back in the trade. It was the last year on the contract for this guy. They, they don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year. But my understanding is, and maybe you can look up the PFF, that uh, I'm, I, I don't think I ever knew the guy's name. I should. But what's his name? Kevin Byard. Yeah, Byard. He... Um, I think he's in the 50s on PFF. At least he was when he was at. So tell me that number because I, I thought it was bad news too. And then I hear this guy's not playing that well and his contract's not. You know, maybe it was a locker room issue, but they still seem to be playing hard. They played hard against Pittsburgh. I know that much. All right, so McKenzie, um, yeah, you made that nice and big, but you want to just make the case for me? It'll be easier. Like, I want to look at the court, his touchdowns. So he's had two games this year. That he's had more than two touchdowns. No, no, he's had two touchdowns two games this year. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He's never had more than. Let two. me read. Let me read the touchdowns, and I'm going from the first game onward. All right. I saw Jacksonville in, in every column. I'm like, they played them every. week. Oh no, wait, it's Jack. Okay, I, I could summarize this. No, 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 no. I want to have effect here. Thanks, Fazdo. You have Fazdo hasn't talked for a few minutes. He's like, I'm getting itchy. Two. How about we alternate? No. Let's alternate. I say one, then you say it your way. And then we'll I have to see. turn from the bike back and around. You do it. You do yeah. it. I'll screw it up. You know, this is why people, when they're 60, slow down. They don't want to turn in a swivel chair. <laughs> All right. So here we go. <laughs> two, zero, one, 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 two, one, one, zero. Not a, not a blockbuster offense. He's getting one per game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got oh, two twos and two zeros. Like we're playing Minesweeper. But it's almost a, like a bunch of ones. But one and a half is <laughs> the over under every game. So well, not, I think we should be betting that on. <laughs> I, I mean, Mackenzie, do you see what I see? This doesn't seem too potent. It's funny because his rookie year, we, we brought it up a few times. He had like 10 games in a row with no touchdowns. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't. Like the one stat is like, why is that like that? He's great at most things except scoring. Yeah. <laughs> All right, any closing thoughts? Yeah, one last thing on you the Titans. Do you want to come off this bat? No, one last thing on the Titans. And, you know, you say, you know, who doesn't try and the trading and whatnot. Um, there was an article that came out in The Athletic, you know, Randy Mueller, the former NFL. Yes, GM. yes, I listen every week. And he is suggesting, and people that are close to the situation, as they say, mm-hmm. have floated the idea that the Patriots would strongly consider trading, trading for Rabel uh. this offseason. If if they are moving on from Belichick, it would make sense. And that's the thought that they that they will move on from Belichick, or Belichick will move on, yeah. like, and then they will go out and Mike Vrabel starting to hear the rumors. Now I like it's an interesting topic. Do you think it affects this game? I think it affects the rest of the season for the Titans. Doesn't it make him want to win? If he wants to go back there, doesn't he want to show well? If they don't win another game this year, it wouldn't recommend him as well, would it? But the Titans would be more willing to give up on him, right? <laughs> hey, a second well, round for this I, I, Sure, we want to move on from him anyway. I think he's got I think he's got equity. Now, <laughs> you know, here's the question about Belichick. Let me ask this to Fess so he can get some mic time. Why aren't we talking about the Rams firing their coach? Like, what's their record, the Rams? 
Well, he offered to come back. Well, but that's what I'm saying. But but not with this season this bad. Mm-hmm. How about how bad was last? The season? Rams are three and six. Okay, so one extra win. Yeah. And how many wins did the Rams? Let's look at last year's numbers because it was what eight for New England. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Rams got to eight, did they? They were six, right? If that's I right, that means the Belichick in the last two years has more wins. Now that's an interesting narrative mm-hmm. that one guy's washed up and old, mm-hmm. and the other guy's just had well, some injuries. And one guy has Stafford a quarterback. Well, he didn't last year. But but okay, and and, and but the, he did for some games. Yeah. And against, but when he does, for example, against the Bills, a 500 team, yep. they get crushed. And Rams had five game five, five. last year. Okay. All right. So I, I guess what I'm saying is if Belichick wasn't in 70, 71, whatever, this wouldn't be a conversation. Sure. It's like the guy literally what we're calling the third bad year in a row was eight wins. Versus, like it's what, what Tomlin does effectively, though it's nine. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I mean, that's interesting. Who has more wins? If you don't count the or not, don't count, let's just go back last year and the year before because the eleven win year was the year before that. If I'm not mistaken, when Steelers were eleven and zero, so I think the last two years, New England's record against Pittsburgh's is going to be, I think, a toss up. You know, it could well be Belichick does not play well off of losses, and he didn't lose not, very much. That's well, not like, true at all. No, 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 no. I give misinterpretation. Yeah, I, I misspoke. I'm saying on the press conferences, Tomlin oh, comes oh, across. Play well. okay. Tomlin plays great in press conferences mm-hmm. off, off of losses. Like, that guy's got it down. One of the best, yeah. Yeah, whereas when you see Belichick, he's so surly and, like, grumpy and, he like. He's defeated. Yeah, he comes across very badly maybe, off of losses. Maybe, because he is defeated. He just yeah. lost the game. Maybe the six Super Bowl wings versus one for Tomlin is weighing him down. It's hard to it's hard to lift your hand and wipe tears when you're. <laughs> you know, Tom, I mean, Tomlin actually's been in, in. Started with Pittsburgh what in 2006, I think. Yeah, I'm almost sure that's right. Check it. Um, and and Belichick started in what 2000. So it's like they see they're very different ages. But the idea that oh Belichick's got six, but Tomlin's got a lot to catch up. Well, he does. But 2007. Okay, he does. But it's not that many years. Well, I guess it's it's now seven years. So, okay. It's just a good bit. Hey, I hope Pittsburgh gets one more in the next 10 years. But so Scott said it in the middle of that. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who you think have performed out the wazoo, meaning they're worse than that, have won the exact same number of games as New England the last two seasons. Wow. Not This season not included. Just 2021 and 2022. Yeah. Last oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Well, this right. season, obviously, the Patriots are... Yeah, two, two versus eight. yeah, two versus so six. Four, yeah, four but, more wins. Yeah, but 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 still, I think the point holds. If you say they're saying uh, Belichick has had three bad years, yeah, in a that row. can't be right. Look yeah. up those numbers. <laughs> yeah, and the, but the last two prior to this year, he was equal to Tomlin, who's getting a Hall of Fame credentials yeah. off it. Except, are we really saying the Pickett's worse than 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 Mac Jones? Mm. No, they're comparable. No, they're I, not. I think Mac Pickett's Jones is worse so much now. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac Jones is not going to play. They say he might never take it. Some a, a year ago, I snap again. You're right. You're a year right, ago, right. we I'm thought differently like, about yeah, Mac Jones. No, you're, you're, you're right. I have a good rookie. I, I got I got pick at a point half yeah. better now. So yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, if you have the worst quarterback, and you're still doing the same as the budding Hall of Famer. Well, is, it, do you, is it time to fire the guy that's got six Super Bowl I guess, rings? I guess you blame him for being such a bad quarterback. You know, that's like, is, is he, bad now, he, he Yeah, I was going to say, here's the question, because this was our Bill O'Brien discussion. Does this go back to Bill Belichick having control of the roster and underperforming at that level? So did he have control of the roster when they won six Super Bowls? He did. 
Seems and, like and, he's generally been okay with that. And is Mac Jones just like like he he's 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 so like he he, he he's ended up like a dog that that that's been you know beat too much. He's just covering he's not, up. You but, know, whenever he's going to the sideline, he's so afraid now because Belichick's going to scream at him. Well, it's O'Brien. And he it's, should. It's tea kettle. Apparently, they call O'Brien. <laughs> Because he blo- I mean, apparently that's His what face Brady- gets all red. Yeah, like- Brady calls him TK. Yeah, that's, I guess. Funny. that's But but here's the thing: if you pick a quarterback 15th, he I would make the case that Mac Jones has exceeded expectations. That the typical quarterback taken, let's say between 12 and 18, is not good. Exactly, I mean, it's a lottery. I love your term. It's a lottery ticket. You lose most of you know. It, that, yeah. That's normal. You know, like like three and out of four, you get nothing from it. it. The fact he's starting the third year is a, is kind of a long shot. And again, it's not. They wouldn't redraft him, I don't think. But still, it wasn't a bad. You know, I mean, listen. Unless everyone's lying, San Fran, let's just say, seriously considered him. Mm. And do we really know if he'd be having the same career as Purdy? Do we really know that? Like physically. I would make the case that the what was the worst place that that, that Mac Jones was going to go thirtieth, meaning in the draft. Yeah, he was a first round quarterback for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we know that 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 um, Purdy wasn't. Now, it doesn't mean Purdy hasn't played in a way that that shouldn't matter so much, but it still keeps in to the uh, intent, not intangibles, but the measurables. You know, the arm strength, the height. I don't know. It'd be wild if he was like really good in. Well, I don't know. They might pick him up as a third-string quarterback here. So it'd be funny if they traded him to San Francisco. So just just going <laughs> ba- just going back to 2010, which is as far back as I, I care to go. Uh, Christian Ponder between 12 and 18, mm-hmm. obviously bad. Uh, EJ Manuel <gasps> went 16, Buffalo. Uh, obviously bad. Uh, it, it, not many get taken in that range. Deshaun Watson was the outlier. He went 12th. Okay, but that still, I, I mean, and, and and Mahomes went what eleventh? Eleventh, yep. Yeah, no, tenth, so, tenth. Oh, he went tenth. So maybe uh, we make it thirteenth because again, twelfth. I, I, I knew, and again, Watson now, well, but okay. And the other one was uh, Dwayne Haskins, fifteen. So going back to twenty ten, there's been one good one but, taken between but, twelve but and if eighteen. We say thirteen and seventeen, which is a fair range. Mac Jones is by far the best. Yes, he's by far the best. Yes, he's probably started more games than all the other ones combined. Actually. Yeah, now that's a good tweet. <laughs> You might want to tweet that. I got to. Ch- I'll have to stat yeah, check it. But well, yeah, obviously. But yeah. but yeah, I like that. <sighs> I got to keep defending Belichick. I'm gonna. I'm yeah. gonna be getting tired. I hope he goes somewhere else because here's the thing. Last thing on it. Brady. I like Brady. Right. I think the revisionist history with Brady's insane. Brady wasn't the best quarterback when he played. He might be the best quarterback in hindsight, which is crazy. And again, all you got to do is look at the Pro Bowls. That's a serious res, uh, designation. You mean the All Pros? All Pros. Sorry, yeah. Pro Bowl is third string or whatever. Huntley, but it's what was it? McKay, you got it by memory. Like seven to three first teamers. I think it was seven. Yeah, I think it was seven to three. And it, this is with Peyton Manning had seven first team All Pros, and Brady had three. That was contemporaneous. The most important voters who vote on the MVP and everything else said this is the best quarterback. It's a, just a vote for the best quarterback. Best regular season quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think it's fair to say Brady even surpassed Peyton Manning if you add in the playoffs. But it wasn't by much. It was a nose with longevity mm-hmm. and playoff performance. They're acting like Brady was like three points better than any other quarterback. It's like how many did Peyton Manning win? Two. 
Brady won. So Brady and Peyton Manning. Maybe. Well, I think if you went back and look at Joe Montana, you could say the same thing about him, right? He's got the four rings, but I don't think he was anything special. He, I think he has three rings, doesn't he? Four, I think. Oh, you're right. Dude. Steve Young go on. You're right. But then I don't – Bill Walsh maybe has the three. I don't know. Either Walsh – I know Walsh doesn't have four, so maybe Montana does. Um, but, you're, yeah, Steve Young had – He got one. No, so. Yeah, Young's only one was against the Chargers now I think yeah. about it. So I think that was – it was the fifth title, I think, yeah. Um, what do we got, McKenzie? I uh, just furthered AJ's research back to 1976, and uh, Jim Kelly, Doug Williams, Chad Pennington, Joe Flacco. Now, there, I, I, there's been some in the last 60 years. But here's the thing: I would make a case that the value of the quarterback has changed so drastically. Where they're drafted higher th- now. That now all of a sudden, what used to be 10. Oh, Jim is, Kelly would have gone top five. Yeah, that's what I'm sure. saying. Yeah. So, in a weird way, it's good research, but I, I think it's apples to oranges. Right? I see that. Because I would make the, I mean, would Lamar go? But but again, Lamar, it was like people didn't see he could be. I, I think even going back to Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson wouldn't go 12 yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean. You might be com- number one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Compared Deshaun Watson to, I mean, I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, but Trey Lance. I mean, right. Even coming out. Yeah. Who could have, th- you know, I mean, I don't know. All right. This has been a good conversation, but we got to get tight from here. What else? What's our next game? Uh, your best bet, which is a triple like with Fez and myself, Las Vegas plus 13 who's and after, a half at after, Miami. Who's after this? Uh, after this would be the Rams and the Seahawks. Who's doing that? Uh, Fez and I are. All right, you two. I'm going to get that. Go get a drink finally. All right, my four weight is going to be, I, I pick this every year. Twice a year I do this, McKenzie. The L.A. Rams plus one against the Seahawks. I don't know if you'll ever get me to stop back in the Rams against the Seahawks. <laughs> it, it is, it's clockwork at this point. And this six, is my six and zero ATS in their last six. This is my three weight as yeah. well. Yes. Uh, Ten and four ATS all time, <laughs> plus five point three points per game margin. Uh, McVeigh against Pete Carroll, and like Scott mentioned, six straight ATS winners. Think about Week eighteen last year. It was a all-in game for Seattle. They had to win to get in the playoffs. The Rams had a skeleton crew on the field. No Stafford, no Cup, no Donald, no nobody. It was just a bunch of guys you'd never heard of. Geno proceeded to play his worst game of the season. Seattle got a late field goal to tie it and an overtime field goal to win it. The Rams with Stafford are just a different team. They dominated the week one game. And that was without Cooper Cup. I, I think even with, with Stafford, uh, Fez, where do you where do you power rate these teams with a healthy Matt Stafford? Where are the Rams compared to the Seahawks? Oh, um, Seahawks are better by a point and a half. I think that's that might be fair. I, I was going to say a point, but I'll give a point and a half. That's fine. But now they're they're there's a plus by their name at home in a matchup that they clearly have an advantage in. Uh, Ram, Rams are the only way I can look here. So uh, as as it is a, a tradition, a, a bi-year, biannual tradition, I'll take the Rams against the Seahawks. And it is my three-weight. The spot d- does also scream to invest in the Rams. So the Rams were reeling going into their bye, got smacked, horrible game at Green Bay, so three-game losing streak, performing badly. That's the type of team I want to back coming out of their bye fully focused, mm-hmm. not going to Argentina for their bye week, but looking to win some <laughs> football games. Let's uh, let's get on the Rams. 
All right, let's go to your best bet, RJ. It's a triple like, and it is on Miami, minus 13 and a half, hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know about everyone else. I got the five weight on this one. Who else has what on this? Uh, Fez has a four weight, and I have a three weight on this. So I won't try to do too much here. I'll let you guys have your say, too. This, to me, Raiders, and Fez, I think you're on this one, I'm sure, overrated in that, hey, it's been a nice story with the new coach. I actually think... There's some redeeming qualities to it. Obviously, the former coaches just they were not were not connecting emotionally with the players. And that matters. That matters, especially if it gets to the point they're negative. It's one thing to have the absence of that connection, but then to get where you're hostile about it. And that seems like the Raiders players were clearly taking away that negative. Maybe it's not a positive being added, but it's the removal of a negative with Josh McDaniel. So I just, you know, to me. What I do know is they seem to be running the ball more, and I'm just not sure that's the way to win in the NFL. In general, run the ball more in the NFL, unless you're a special team, that's a negative thing. Um, I mean, just look at the EPA on an even, you know, an average, let's just say an average run play, average pass play. Very Well, I guess the EPA in that case, that's interesting. No, because, yeah, so the, the, like typically running has a negative EPA, right, McKenzie? Yeah, like maybe the top ten teams in the league are positive in running. Yeah, so yeah, and 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 with the passing, this season's down a little bit, right? But typically, it's about zero. Yes, number sixteen this year is zero. All right, okay, interesting. So I don't think that helps the Raiders. Now it does against teams that they're competitive with. Jets. It was a competitive game. You think Jets should have won, Fez, right? Yeah, Jets would, yeah. Jets won the stats, no, no question about that. And but in that game, playing that brand of field goals, running, play not to lose, fine. And they let the Jets lose it, and they did. And the week before against the Giants, once their quarterback goes out, it, you know they were impressive, the Raiders. But you know, Devito's Devito is maybe what we got to start saying. Though he is better than the other quarterback, Matt Barkley, who went number in the first round, didn't he? I don't think he was a first rounder. All right. How is he better? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he is. I, you know what? I would bet a massive amount of money that he's not. So you don't think Dayball knows what he's talking? He doesn't. Or uh, he, like, there's no way. I've seen Matt Barkley you keep play. Going. You keep going. Go with it. Matt Barkley played. I've seen him play games before. He's right. a serviceable when NFL the last backup. Last time you saw him, three four years ago. That's been a long time. I, he, his right arm could have fallen off, and he learned to throw left handed. He'd be better than Devito. But then why don't they hire or get someone off the couch? I don't know. I don't know. They signed Jacob Eason to the practice squad. Tony Eason's little brother. Just keep dra- keep signing didn't, all these undrafted didn't guys. He play for Illinois also. They got like all these Illinois retreads. No, Eason was from Washington. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm mix. I mixed but up my third stringers. Middle of the road in the you know, <laughs> in either the Pac-12 or Pac-10. All right. So now I'm going to make an. Uh, Let's think how I want to. So I think the Raiders, good story, not as good as they seem. And and I think now we got Miami. All right. This is a team that's off a bye. This is a team that obviously had a, oh, he was a fourth round pick, Barkley. Okay. Thank you, McKenzie. And we also had with Miami a team that is off a loss. So I think we're going to get them a focus team. And I think if there's any team that has the explosiveness to force you to throw to keep up, because you don't keep the ball. It's not to keep the ball away. It doesn't work. I think Miami's – this is a tailor-made spot for a 30-point win. And I don't like laying the lumber, but, boy, this feel – last week, A.J., you laid the lumber with Dallas as your best bet. It was a great pick. 
because you thought this team's not competent. With with DeVito, yep. they're not competent. Dallas is a good team. They're going to win big, and they did. The score wasn't even that – the game wasn't as close as the score. Late touchdowns. I'd say this is a different one. I think Raiders are competent. I think they're 20th back. What do you got? I got them 20. Yes. Right, maybe a little I, lower. I, I'm I, sorry, I got them 25th. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. lower I thought you would. I actually think they're – yeah, but let's say 20, 25th in that range. And I think it's not that they're not competent. It's that Miami's that good against non-great teams. And remember, right, last thing, Raiders have a passive defense. And against this offense, that's a, that's a problem. Because two is all about timing. He's going to be able to get the ball down the field. I'm piggybacking your handicap a 100% just to pontificate on it. The uh, Miami's a bully. Miami's the type of team. They're the, the I could argue they're the best team in the league when playing a crappy team and motivated because they run up the score. 70 points against a 70 burger against Denver in the one game. Um, and being in Germany and losing a game now because of turnovers, not because of stats, then they got a week to stew over it. So they're in an A-plus prime, prime spot, a Peter Luger prime spot to like absolutely annihilate a team. And you look at these Raiders. Smoking cigars in the locker room, celebratory back-to-back weeks, and what's this? Now, this may sound like a crazy handicap, but I think it's true. This has been like an, an international crazy week. I'm not Mr. Positive F1, but there's all kinds of events and special goings-ons and big VIP parties. And what to more enjoy it than a 5-5 five and five Raider team to bask in the glory under the Maui sun like Whitman, Price, and Haddad, last season's winners from the running man, instead of focusing on football. That's the Schwarzenegger movie. Um, <laughs> and they're not going to be ready. They're going to South Beach, and it's going to be a celebratory trip, and all the Raiders are going to be so excited, like, get on the yep, plane, yep. and but not focused, and they're going to get killed. And they already have the cigars for it, for the party. <laughs> Do- the Dolphins have had four home games this season, mm-hmm. and conveniently, they, all, they played only mediocre to bad teams mm-hmm. in those four games. One of them was the 50-point win over the Dolphins or over the uh, Broncos as six-point favorites. Mm-hmm. So if we're using ATS margin, that's going to throw everything out of whack. So I threw that out. So if you look at the other three, Carolina, Giants, and Patriots, they covered all those games by over five points per game. So even when with big spreads against bad teams, they're still getting enough margin to cover those games. The closest of those four games was a 14-point win against the Pats, and the Pats didn't have to travel West Coast to East Coast to play an early game. So I, the Raiders are reinvigorated. I get it, but it's the Jets and the Giants. Let's not go crazy. Uh, McDaniel has a massive coaching edge in this game. I, I mean, whatever Pierce might be, he's not it yet. And I think oh, Mc- this would have been McDaniel's versus McDaniel. It would have been. <laughs> I would have struggled with that. Yeah, but I, I, I think there's just a massive coaching edge. I think the Dolphins just dominate this game. You know, my friend had all those T-shirts. Printed on. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts? Uh, Dolphins 18-5-2 ATS in their last 25 games as a home favorite. They they just thrive in this spot. Uh, and the Raiders uh, do not. The Raiders 0-2 against the spread of seven point or more dogs this season. And we know that Tua is great at home. And we know that Tua is good off of rest. When he is on 10 days of rest or longer, 4-0 straight up, 3-1 and against the spread. That's like Fez if he gets a good night's sleep. He's yeah. a whole different person. Last thing, Fez, if you're right about the partying, and I'm not sure, that early start time doesn't help. <laughs> That's a great point. And, 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 and think about the, all the events are late night here. Mm-hmm. I, I assume that they're flying out. Um, did they, would they fly out? I think they have to be there. Saturday morning? 
I think they have to be there for a day 20, and a half. Day and a half. Rule, I think, yeah. Yeah. So I could I could see like Thursday night being a big like like uh, party night. We party, got it. Yeah, we exactly. got it. Yeah. Um and and we haven't really talked about it. It seems like this Fangio defense is getting better. They certainly played pretty well against Kansas City. After a bye, that's usually when teams with new coordinators mm-hmm. tend to take a leap. So I like Miami here a good bit. It is my best bet. Now, McKenzie, who is still only, he said, like six out of first place in the super contest. Not the gold, because that one's easier because there's less people in it. He's against all of them. He knows the NFL. He's going to, this week, we're going to let him decide each week how many bets he feels good about on Wednesday. He said one this week. So here's his best bet. I appreciate it. And I got to admit, when we talked in pre-production and you talked about this game and like the other side, I got a lot less confidence because it feels to me like, you know, Justin Fields, like you weren't very high on him. But when everyone thought he was the worst quarterback in the league, you're like, not that bad. So I feel like you have a good read on Justin Fields. So that worries me. But so what's your pick? This is my I like the Lions minus uh, seven and a half here. This is a franchise play. The very first pick I gave four years ago wasn't, you know, you asked me what I thought was a. Packers over Bears, and I've bet Packers over Bears almost every time since. It's been a great decision for me to pick that. I feel like this is the same situation. The Lions have been down and out, not thought of, irrelevant in this division forever, haven't won a playoff game, I think one since Kennedy. The Bears have been, I mean, as bad as they've been, almost as bad as the Lions, they have notoriety, they have acclaim in the in the area. I feel like this is the opportunity for the Lions to stick it to them, to make a statement win, especially because Justin Fields is coming back. You can knock him out of the conference. You can knock him out of the division if you have a really bad game here for Fields. Do you want to knock him out of the division? <laughs> yeah, you might, might, yeah maybe, maybe that's a good point, but I feel like they do. I feel like they want to knock the whole Bears you know, down a peg, and this is the opportunity the to do so. The Steelers' success has a lot to do with Andy Dalton during that era. If he and Marv, I'm serious. If Andy Dalton would have been really bad and they got a new quarterback, they could get, you know, Joe Burrow, right? As long as they kept that 20th best quarterback, they weren't a threat. Yeah, we could maybe eke our way to a playoff and lose in the first round. Wouldn't you, if you're the Lions, you want the Bears to keep fields, right? Yes, of I course. I think so. Um, but that's, that's an aside, but it's, an, it's not really applicable to the game. I don't know if the Lions can be up every game, meaning they've impressed me where they haven't been flat where you think they'd be flat, right? So I like the Bears in this game, but let's give credit where credit's due. I think they've been an even-keel team. Hmm. They haven't been too high. They haven't been too low. I mean, even that first game, they were excited against Kansas City, but it didn't feel like their Super Bowl after, mm-hmm. right? And I like the fact that they had a phony non-cover. The stats say they should have won by more than – certainly by five against Carolina, and then now they had 10 days to get ready for this game. So it's a good spot for the Bears. Lions, oh, yeah, yeah. The Lions have covered 11 straight games in the division. That that is an upset. I would not have thought that. So I mean, but I'm not sure what it means. I mean, because there's only a handful of those that are the Bears games, and the Bears are three and sixteen against the spread in their last nineteen division games. Yeah, no doubt. If we could bet retroactively, yeah. I'd want the line. But no, no, I hear you. I'm just not sure. That's interesting. How healthy is Fields? How, how, I mean, it, it's that's like, it, it wasn't. It wasn't until today they knew he was going to quarterback. Right? Because wasn't it Wilson had like the screwed up thumb and he like like oh and, he had something. It was mallet finger or something. Well, we, more now we got we got a situation with the screwed up thumb that's kept you know kept Fields out. So is he is he ninety percent? I don't think he's hundred. Is he ninety three? Who knows? Um, 
Yeah, I agree that 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 I don't love, right? But it does seem like they that there was thought he could play the week before. Remember on Thursday, right. and the fact he didn't tells me if you add ten more days to that's when, a good point, to when yeah. he was almost ready to play. I have one more stat, and this will be one. Um, so I mean, I guess to finish my handicap here, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Uh, take a minute and do this, and we'll move on, but then we can double back to it. Find me the sweet spot for the Bears, because if you go back X number of weeks on defense, you're going to – I mean, because – but it's it's not going to be a window that they're not in. Oh, their defensive improvement? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. either three games or four games. There's going to be one that's really – I think imp- it's when the Vikings game. I think it started with the Viking game. Yeah, so I, I maybe eyeball the scores, then that might give you an idea. Of, but we want EPA, obviously. Their D's not bad. Mm-hmm. Their O-line is blocking pretty well. Much better in recent weeks. Is that what? Right. Yeah. So this, to me, this is a team that is sneakily the Bears a little better than they seemed. Mm. You are high buying high right now with Detroit. I mean, you can't not be. And I don't think I think Detroit's defense, which we all thought was maybe pretty good at the I start of the year, and and the Kansas City one was a little deceiving. Yeah, like we all said, oh man, they held Kansas City down. But then you turn, it turns out Kansas City's offense is it's okay, but it's not a normal Kansas City offense. And then, like, Andy Dalton puts up, you know, 24 points on him. Jordan Love has his way. Justin Herbert put up 38. Justin Herbert, who runs a, a crummy Chargers offense. I mean, that's almost impossible. But they still – did they win or lose? <laughs> oh, they lost. RJ, that. how do you feel about Scott's stat that Jared Goff, all he does is cover? You know, he's like the number one cover machine for well, five years. At home, at home, he's yeah. saying, right? No, overall. Okay, what's his away record? I, I mean, I know home's a lot better. So indoors in the last three seasons, he's twenty and six ATS. His career is thirty and fourteen ATS indoors. Outdoors, um, he is thirty four, thirty four and two ATS. Uh, at home since twenty twenty, the most profitable quarterback in the NFL, twenty and eight against the spread. On the road, 16 and 12 ATS. So how many were they laying a touchdown or more than a touchdown? <laughs> no, I mean, I guess yeah, the point, yeah. it won't. Be. It's a different, they can win the game handily and still not cover this one. So no one look, last six, so, so the last six games for the Bears. So since week five, good catch, McKenzie. Where are they on defense? One to 32. 17. Now, do you think 17, or you think I seem excited, so you think it's better than you would have thought? What would of you, course. What would you have guessed? 24. I would have guessed, I would have guessed 20. I would have guessed 24, yeah. but now I'm guessing 20, 17. Around the 20 range. Seven. Wow. wow. Seventh best defense. Now that's a bar bet. Were your hands shaking, McKenzie, when you were typing that? Didn't they, didn't the no, Chargers I mean, you guys just bet against the Raiders, who've had the third best defense since week five. I mean, these, well, why these do you samples, tell us that? I, <laughs> I just look. I mean, I just found that out when I researched the bear. <laughs> Is that right? That's amazing. Well, that has me think. Well, wait a minute. Well, but they played the Jets and the Giants. Everybody's defense looks good against them. <laughs> I, well, that yeah, Still, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, but there's a lot of weeks in. Sure. There. Yeah. Uh, well, that's interesting. Can you read the Bears' opponents in those games? Yes. Yeah, so week five was Washington. Week six, Vikings. Then Raiders, Chargers, Saints. Then Panthers. I mean, the end's good, but boy, that's that's at least an average set of offenses. At yep. least, I mean, so yeah, okay, all right. That is surprising. Now, last thing for me is, um, and this is more macro, but it applies here. I looked at how teams did, or no, how coaches, the existing thirty-two coaches in the league, how they do week nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. So I think we're right. You know, nice in the middle of that. Quarter of the season. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. So here's the outliers. Really good 
are Harbaugh, and this is for career now, Harbaugh, Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan. And when I say really good, for example, Harbaugh is, uh, let me see here. I'm going to do ATS margin for this, right? Harbaugh is up four points a game in those games, right? And then, it, you know, Kyle is three and a half. So those, that cluster is between three and a half and four points a game, ATS margin. Now, the above average ones, I'll run this quick. McCarthy, Sean Payton, Tomlin, Sirianni, Andy Reid, Frank Reich. Okay. Now, here's the bad ones. The bad, bad ones. Peterson for Jacksonville. I didn't throw that in. I didn't want to pow on. <laughs> um, Dennis Allen, Arthur Smith are all really bad. And um, the blow average quickly is Stefanski. <clears throat> One second. Uh, Staley, LaFleur, Todd Bowles, and Sean McVay. And just for completion's sake, completion's sake, here's the two over guys, over the total, Staley and O'Connell, and then under Arthur Smith. So this is interesting because I think there's something about that. You reach the halfway mark, right? That's a key part. And then, the, But it's not the end of the season. There's that, you know, once you get the last four weeks, it's different. You like, I mean, you think that's good data, Fez? No. Well, I know, but make your case. Um, I think it's too small a sample. I think it's kind of like. Well, but but real quick, like, how many games do you think Andy Reid has during that time? Well, uh, 120. I mean, he's. I'm, I'm, yeah, four. so he's got 96 games. So yeah, how yeah, can yeah. 96 games be a small sample? That's like five. What, how many seasons is that? Seven yeah, seasons? <laughs> or six well, seasons? Well, well, let me challenge you to do this. All right. All right. What I want you to do, and I and I could well be wrong. I want you to see, I want you to query how coaches do on the odd numbered weeks. Mm -hmm. All right. So one, three, five, seven. But there's no, but there's no logic behind why there there'd be go. a cluster. Exactly. Okay. But, but there is a logic to this. I understand, but I think you'll find a cluster of results. Where I think, right. I think I think you will find that there'll be some coaches that so are like. What would a, we, so what would we measure though? Standard deviation? Same thing as you just did. Yeah. But, but there's like, no I don't have any tactical what I'm saying is how am I going to compare the two the two sample sets, right? Meaning I'm gonna look at um so I'm not gonna compare odd to even, I'm just gonna pick one, odd or even. Yes. But I'm only going to pick the same number of games. Yeah, so pick like the you pick like the first eight games. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Or or you you do the same. Well, I want to split it up throughout the season, so there is no point of the season bias. In a, 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 that's a great point. Yeah. So so you might want to say week like four, eight, twelve, yeah, and sixteen. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and then I'd love it because I, I may well be wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think if you do like weeks four, eight, twelve, and All right, sixteen. So let's say I've got those numbers. How how am I mathematically comparing them to see which one? Um, I will predict there's the same variance. In so these we're, we're looking at standard deviation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I could, could but I could be wrong. Now, 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 what I like about this is that, is that if I am wrong and it truly comes back and says, no, there's, there's nothing there, like there's almost no outliers, then we can say pretty conclusively that there's some, well, definitely something yeah. to this, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't say, um, and the theory is the ones we're picking out are truly random. Thus, if the clustering is a sign of how random this is going to be with no exactly. correlation. Exactly, and I love what you're saying. Got make sure it's the same size of sample. Use, yeah. use four weeks. Okay. Yes. And what I would say, just eyeballing this, and we can do that, is it does seem like this isn't a normal distribution, that, that there are more clusters. Because in theory, all everything's a normal distribution unless it's not, which is kind of funny. But what I'm saying is most things are unless there's a reason that they're not. 
and and but we'll see. But it's, I think there is going to be some validity. Be, as for example, like you you pioneered the work with Belichick, not very good in September, and very well, good uh, later yeah, in the year. So clearly, about. I would say that's one where like Fez, you're smoking crack if you don't think that that was relevant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, I think I, there is. But I think I think like we might be taking it too far to look at these other coaches and draw conclusions. So uh, just to be clear, what I did in this case, there were. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight coaches without enough sample for me to. I have their numbers, but I didn't count them in the list. Yeah. Because a guy like, uh, you know, Mike McDaniel, he's actually only, he's only got, let's see here, McDaniel got five games. So it's like, you know, it, it's better than no data, but not pertinent. Okay. Uh, next game. Next game is Giants at the Commanders. Commanders minus nine. This is Scott's three weight. And I have a one weight on this game. So a double like. And by the way, you 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 had a, a three weight on Chicago. I don't know that we ever made that oh, clear. Oh, yeah, we didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't. Three weight Chicago and McKenzie's best bet, five weight uh, other side. Detroit. Okay. Scott. Yeah, my three weight, the Giants plus nine at Washington. Hold your nose. Boo. Because this is <laughs> one of those bets where it's very hard to make. But sometimes those are the sharpest ones. Right, RJ? Uh, that is true. This is a painful one. Yeah. The Giants, uh, last seven of their last eight games against the Washington Commanders have been one-score games. They won 14-7 earlier this season against the Commanders with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. That line was Washington minus three and a half on the road. And now Washington's laying nine at home. And if you're saying it's all because of Tommy DeVito, I just think that you're it's a little it's a it's a bridge too far to to go that many points. Because I don't think that there's home field advantage for the Giants, and I don't think there's much home field advantage for Washington. I just don't see how you get nine in this game. Washington also downgraded a little bit, especially defensively. No younger sweat anymore. The pass rush is not as good. Last week, they only had one sack in their first game without their two elite edge guys. They're 0-3-1 ATS at home. In the summer, the Giants were one-and-a-half-point favorites, and now they're nine-point dogs just because of the quarterback issue. When Meanwhile, Washington hasn't looked great that we're upgrading them so much. This is just—I understand downgrading the Giants. I get it. Make the Giants a seven-point dog in this game. Nine is just too much for me. So what does your pure power rating say? So pure power rating, I got Washington two and a half points worse, and I've got the Giants 11 and a half points worse. So whenever you're comparing two teams, you don't want to say worse because you think it's to each other. It's worse of an average team. Yes. Okay. So um, so on a neutral, I would make the game Washington minus nine. All right. So, so the power ratings are going for Washington. Yes, because I would that would get me to ten point point ten and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and also I did want to mention again, but let's be honest, the Devito power rating is not a high confidence one because you know he's bad, but you probably have have him as the worst quarterback that's played. I, I've got him as a minus six, and that's as low as I go for. for, for have you had a minus six before? Um, or you yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. When they had the Saints, had to have the 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 the, the, the non quarterback quarterback. Oh, the Broncos had the Broncos. Oh. Yeah, hitting the hitting game. So it's only that game. That's the only one. That well, well, Clayton Toon should be in that conversation, too. Clayton Toon is a minus five and a half. Okay. So what's interesting is it gives you guys his his numbers are what they are, but maybe he's too pessimistic. Well, here's my deal. question. Where was Tyrod Taylor? A solid minus two. Good, good very so good. Four backup. points there. Yeah. And where was Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is like right around an average quarterback. Now I've downgraded him since. Yeah. I think entering the year, that's very fair. Yeah. Average. So so in terms of power, this is interesting, Scott. So I had the Giants. One point worse 
than an average team to start the year. And 11 and a half worse. So I've downgraded the Giants 10 and a half points. So we talk about a summer line, but Washington's a little bit better. I don't think anyone would dispute that. A little bit better I, than we thought. No, I not. dispute that. Washington's no, worse better. than we thought. I don't think well, so. They were supposed to win six games. That was their season win number. They're they styling towards six. Are they? They're going to win. Wins. They're going to win six or seven. I think they got four well, wins. Let's see. They have three. They're three and four. Or oh, four and six, excuse me. Yeah, yeah right. for so Mackenzie, can you pull up this uh, fan or no, the DraftKings uh, over under? Yeah, yeah, thanks. I would imagine right now they're six and a half. All right, so they got four wins now. Yeah, I think I don't know their strength of schedule. I, I, I think know it's this: tough. they're power rated higher now than they were at the beginning. Yeah, I got them. Of the a year. Po- I got them a point better, and I got the Giants ten points worse. So I, 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 whatever the summer line is, I would adjust it by eleven points. What was the summer line? Giants minus one and a half. All right, so Washington minus ten. Yeah, that's good. I mean, if you've upgraded the the Commanders, here's the games that you've done it off of: a 2016 win over the Cardinals, uh-huh. with Josh Dobbs just showing up to work. What the car? Oh, okay, that was week early. One. That was week that's one. He was playing his best. Though, it was right? week one, first week he was there. He's good. They're not first week. A 35-33 win against the Broncos, which in high listen, the Broncos were ne- right now. The Broncos are what. Minus one and a half? Yeah, but in the first couple yeah. weeks of the season, they were historically bad on defense. Yeah, but now now we know how good they are. I think it's better to measure. It's not like something. I think you have to weigh it in the middle. I can't. You can't just pretend those weeks didn't happen. No, no, no. What he's saying is when we know how good, there's been enough games to know Denver's defense better than we knew it back then. So if we're going to critique what Denver was in that game, we use the benefit of the games that happened since then. To assess how good Denver was for Washington. Okay, then we also have to assess. Do you agree with that? Yes, but the Broncos also scored 33 points on the Commanders. So if we're doing that, we have to say the Broncos' offense that we now know is shitty scored Uh, 33 points. uh, Here's the strange thing: both these teams have been deceiving. I think statistically versus the results. If you look at efficiency, Denver was actually about 15th. Like four or five games of the season on offense, they were a very efficient offense. They were just very slow. They were they were running the ball. They had long drives. They didn't have many possessions, but they actually did. Remember that Raiders game, the first game of the year. Yep. Remember how they scored? Every team scored almost every time, yep. but they they went under. I think because there was a lot of field goals, mm. a lot of long drives. So I think the Denver offense has gotten actually slightly worse. And and I think the Denver defense has jumped way up. I would make the case that the two games that upgraded Washington's power rating the most were both losses. The two games against Philly, they played very well, played Philly even in two losses. Their, their other two wins are the yeah. Falcons and the Patriots by three. So they don't have good wins. Oh, well, they, but they also lost the to the Giants are, and they lost to the Bears by 20 points. I mean, to some degree, his number lines up with the market. Our so number, our yeah. numbers have have this game as 8.3. Um. Oh, okay. And remember, the thing about – and that's the five weight. Mm-hmm. The thing about that is it weights every game equally. Yeah. And no, there's, that view is important. I think Sam Howe has – there's a lot of people saying Sam Howe is a starter in the league. Now, Sam they, Howe leads the league in passing yards. Yeah, I mean – and again, he, he slings the ball, so that number sounds impressive. And they have one game – like, they haven't had a bye week, yeah, so that's yeah. part of it. I mean, but. sometimes, sometimes like, A.J. comes up with, like, like a gem, and, like, and, and, like, and it makes sense that we move past it. But let's think about this. Uh-huh. When was the last time a bad team had a quarterback 
that led the effing league in passing. The that's, Lions. That's impressive. Like Matt Stafford that's a did great it all ex- Stafford you, And you know why the Lions did? Because they had a really good quarterback. So and the they, they, had a, they, they had a mediocre team and a good offense with a really good quarterback and a bad defense. No, they were just always losing, so they're throwing the ball down the field. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you, 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 you know what? Um, the, the, the DeVito's always losing. And no, I mean, no, no many yards he throws for, like, 50. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what I can assure you, well, let's look in our composite, right? You know, our composite is waiting all weeks the same, too. So um, the quarterback, what, what do we got, Mackenzie, on this? Okay. Howell's tied with uh, Justin Fields, Gardner Mishu, and Jordan Love. They're all 20th. Mm, I don't like that company. By the way, uh, But I do think, I, I think, to your point, I think Sam Howell's definitely a serviceable quarterback in the league. And, and with if, upside. Yes. If you compare him to the rookies of this year, mm-hmm. uh, C.J. Stroud's obviously way better. Yeah. I'd take him over every other rookie. Whoa, you, whoa, whoa. So this is interesting. You would take Howell... Over the co- over Bryce Young. Well, yeah, I'm not, but but with Richardson, yeah, I think you're on a small island there. I think Richardson's you know, already I'm, showing kind know, of the I'm, concern. I'm going to join that island because of the in, because of the injury. His injury, yeah. his injury risk is but through you, the roof. But, but how do you know an injury risk off of one se- one real injury? The other one he missed a hat, what one game? So yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's very difficult. Why, might, one bet not to make. But I, this is offered. Who's what? What quarterback's going to lead the league in passing yards? Mm-hmm. So be careful because Howell leads the league, but the Redskins, Redskins, Washington has not had a bye week yet. Yeah, so and, and, and AJ so that's had why just said that's that when we were all talking. So you both had that. That's excellent. Uh, did you have one more thing, AJ? No. I thought you said. Yeah, this is fa- so. This comes down to me. And I like listen. Both sides of every game has a case. Or the line wouldn't be that. I mean, just it's true. So okay. I, I do have one more thing. The, the, when Hal has looked the the worst this year, it's been when he's been blitzed, and we do know that Wink Martindale's going to blitz. I, I don't know if it's going to, you know, who knows? So, but if, when if you it's say look the worst, I, how? I mean, give us some numbers. I, I'll have to pull him up, but yeah. he's right there with Russell but, Wilson. But let's, like, let's pull him up. Okay, let's get the numbers because to me, it's all now. If they get under pressure, everyone looks worse under pressure. Some just looks less worse than others. But you're saying against the Blitz, we'll see. So, like, Russell Wilson, I I looked this up today. I've got that stat exactly. But he's, like, about 30 points worse against the Blitz, like, in passer rating Mm -hmm. versus when he's not blitzed. So he's not quarterback in any of the teams. No, no. But he was in that conversation. Pursuant to what RJ said, something really important. Like, you can make a case for both sides. And the best case, all all the time you hear these splits, and it's like 94% of the the tickets are on one team. Because people are square. Because people are square. If you look at... all these contests, like at Circa Millions, it is very rare. So there's mm. like 5,300 people in there. It is almost un. It just doesn't happen that you don't have at least 400 people on a non Thursday game not landing on one of the sides of an unpopular team, even at a bad number. But I would make the case that splits in a tournament with that 6,000 people skew more than, let's say, a wise guy pick on games, just because I have seen some crazy, you know, eight eight to two or eight to one type. Skews that like it doesn't make a lot of sense, and I don't think they're winning. Like if you look at those, mm-hmm. so I think in general, maybe the first thousand best handicappers in those tournaments would have a different split than that's, the next now, five. Th- now that's a great point because you got the dead money in there. You yeah, know, and, and like the people that don't even get their picks in on time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was a uh, I thought a good call, and, and I guess just to finish the last point, if you think Sam Howe is trending up, mm-hmm. and because this is something that. that I almost played Washington in this game. And I didn't just because I liked other games more, ultimately. But I certainly, if I didn't have all that action on that Brown-Steelers game, I would be pressing the button right now. I don't have the appetite. But you know something? Mackenzie, what's the current number market? Now? Oh, so we've got, 
Washington's win total is, wow, Fez, it's six and a half, like split, 115-105. So that seems low, doesn't it? does. I'm, I'm sure they got to play Dallas and Philly. And How, I, how I about I look at that tomorrow and see? they got a tough schedule. Yeah. All right. So right now it's nine, and it's nine and a half. Because they're going to go to five after they win this game, right? It's only need two more. I'm, I'm interested in your take on this read because it's something I look at all the time. The lines updating the line. So it's nine everywhere. Bookmakers minus nine and a half minus oh three. Is all that right. just another nine, or is that different? Well, oh three to one ten, which is the the flat for a bookmaker, right? Is yep. seven cents, obviously. Is eight and a half to nine, or nine to nine and a half worth seven? Nine's one of the least key numbers there is. So I would rather lay nine and a half at 03 myself. Yeah, they're just teaser protectioning it. Yeah, but but if you had to if you it. had to pick it, nine doesn't fall hardly at all. Yeah, I would. I, I if I had to, I'd lay the nine and a half minus one hundred three. Yeah, yeah. So Mackenzie, I would say if anything, that makes it where it's like eight point nine nine. So a lot of nines in one eight point nine nine. Yeah, yeah. So does that sound right to you? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So all you got to do is is look, and I know you generally know this. What is the half point, and how much are they offering? In a way, they're offering to buy that, or they're saying sell us a po- half a point, right? Lay nine and a half instead of nine, we'll give you seven cents. Yep. Right. That's very expensive for what it's actually worth. Yeah, I agree. All right, next game. Philly at Kansas City, and this is Fezzik's two-weight. Big game. Huge. Yeah, so I got to have action on Monday night football, right? I got to I got to be honest. I'm, I'm struggling to have a fourth pick. So let me ask you a question. We can do, we can do quarters. We can do uh, over-unders. You want to take it? I mean, this game's a big game, but I think if I'm going to make my case. If there's one worse than this, I think you'd scribble a little bit and come up with something better for the one. I, I, the reason I gave it out is I'm, I'm very, very confident it's going to be scalpable. My people say it's move, it's going to three, mm-hmm. and if I know a line's going to go to three, and the, 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 where I can, I can play back the plus three at reduced vig probably, and I can lay two and a half. I'm going to do it almost every time. But here's the thing: I agree with you, but I think you're saying it wrong. It moves to three because there's underlying reasons it moves to three. If they just arbitrarily moved to three, then it wouldn't be an efficient market. Yeah. The fact it's an efficient market, if you know there it's going some, to three. There is support for Kansas City here because the Eagle, the perception is that that Hertz is not 100% and that the Eagles are, um, although they have the Super Bowl revenge, that um, the Eagles are not as good as they were a month ago because so, of that injury. So two and a half to three with the current lay price at two and a half is how many cents would you say? About 19 cents. All right, so it's about, it's if it's normal, let's call it 20. Yeah, call right. it 20. I think easier. It's, yeah. I think that one person looks at five years, one person looks at seven years. We've been saying 20 for a long time and it feels, if it's 19, it's probably still 20, right? Just because it's like, we don't know. All these funky two-point conversions are going for, t- for two more But it used to be often. 23. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, we've so already I, we've already reduced it. But yeah. but but maybe it's still going down. But if it's going, let's at least go to eighteen. Yeah, go, it's fine. <laughs> call it. It's okay. Yes, call yeah, it. One it seven. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. I sh- yeah. But all right. So if you can tell, if someone could be told by God, here's X number of games a week. Might be one. It might be five. That's going to move at least twenty cents. Because effectively, your guys are telling you this is going from two and a half flat to three flat. That's twenty cents a move. That means you're playing big free at that point. Exactly. Right? That's the magic. Straddle. So literally, if you could hit 50.0002%, you're profitable if you're playing at 20 cents better than the line's going to end oh, up Oh, wait being. a minute. Is it 20 cents or 10 cents? 
Um, I think it's te- I think if if, if you knew it's going to move ten cents, so well, let's do a money well, no, line to I, make it. Because I think if you go from two and a half to three and a half, you have like twenty cents of value if you play both ways. Well, let me let me make my case on the money line. All right, go ahead. Okay, so line's minus one ten mm-hmm. in each direction, right? Okay. And I know twenty it's cents go- straddle. Okay, and I know it's going to move ten cents only. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm a team A is minus one ten, and team A moves to minus one twenty, and the take back becomes plus one hundred. Mm-hmm. The no vig line from just a ten cent move is now clearly minus one ten plus one ten, right? Team A is now minus 110 on a betting exchange, and Team B would be plus 110. Okay, so uh, what, what, what is the VIG line in that case? 120 and Minus 100. 120 and plus okay. 100. So what we're saying is the no VIG line at Pick'em was plus 100. Some would say even. Yes. And then <laughs> and then now it's gone up 10 cents. Yes, I agree with that. Right, so I don't need a 20-cent move to be profitable. If I know someone's going to move 10 cents. Then you're break-even. I'm break-even. So okay. I really only need 11 cents of a movement. To, yeah, that's to, a good point. Right? That's a good point. Yeah. So, so, so in 20 cents, I get a, a rock-solid 55% bet. And that makes that makes sense, right? So each because, 10 cents is like 2.5 percentage points. Yeah, yeah. So, because yeah. It, so, so by example, if we know a game's going to move from 2.5 to 2.75, we can lay 2.5. And break even, but if we know it's going to move all the way to three, mm-hmm. all right. So now we're now we're we got 50, 55%. 55 percent. So yeah. what we're saying is, if you lay two and a half and take three and a half, and people debate, should I scalp back? You know, like people would, is we're saying that's a fifty-seven and a half percent. Like each bet's, a, a, each well, bet's a fifty-five. No, because we think we would think that the opening number. Uh, that's interesting because if because the closed, line should be three. So each bet, but, what, but why should the? I'm saying that the, if we knew it was going to three and a half, if it's at two and a half, ah. and we knew it should be going to three and a half, now it's a sixty percent bet. Oh, I, okay, because I, oh, that's interesting because we're saying two point five for each ten cents, yeah, and it's moving forty cents. Yes, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean. That, the power of three. It makes you realize you should never lay three and a half when it was two and a half, just because it's like, can it really, really? Did, did, did was there a sixty percent bet out there? Probably not. You know, absent That's an good, injury, and and even then, you it would it would be break. You know, it, like you'd have to be better than that to still delay three and a half, right? So, yeah. All right, That's fascinating. Um, the game itself, <laughs> you, but in a way. You say if if all you had in a week, Fez, was your normal stuff, and then you said, "I've got three games that I feel very strongly are going to move a significant amount." Not only does that offer great value for people to bet time, it offers great value on the bet now, the side that's going to be getting you know a, a much worse offer later. You know, a, yeah, my a guy line and now. my guys today alerted me when this line was. I two think and his half. name's Vito. Yeah, Vito alerted me. He's like, "Hey, you know, I think this one's going to go all the way to three. So when you've got those, I think you share them, but I don't think we reverse engineer a handicap that you don't really believe in. Well, my power ratings uh, make KC yeah. a one and a half, one and a half points better. Mm-hmm. All right, so that gets me like if, if I mean obviously a one and a half above home field, two and a half. It gets me above two and a half, but it doesn't get me to three. Mm-hmm. So you see where I'm going? So it's leaning your way. It gets me to two point seven five, and everyone's telling me it's going to go to three. So I'm like sold. And my power ratings don't disagree. Especially now you're down to your two weight, right? Yes. Now, here's the question. Have you personally played minus two and a half, minus one ten? Oh, big. Big. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys, uh, it's not even about the pick. This is such a big game. You can talk about any aspect of the game. I just think in general, I, it was the same thing I said when they played Miami. If I can get Patrick Mahomes at home laying less than a field goal, feels like a good deal to me. And then you factor in Andy Reid with extra rest. So uh, this is the famous in-season off a of bye. Yeah. 
And it just feels like they're and the truth is Philly's got the best record in the league, but they're 11th in net YPP. They're 19th in opponent EPA per play, 17th wait, wait, in opponent. Opo- but when we say night, let's keep the buckets together. The net YPP is an overall stat. Yeah. And now we're going to their defense. Yeah. And well, this is like opposite of last year in the Super Bowl. Kansas City's got a better defense than the Eagles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that, that was like the advantage where if you were back in the Eagles last year, you were like, it's because they've got a better defense. But they got a better offense than the Kansas City now, right? Not not significantly, though. But what's the measures on that? I, I mean, I can pull them up. but well, it, I mean, That's what this show's for. Give yeah. us the numbers, right? Because they, you know, I want to hear them because I believe it. Uh, Scott, you want to jump in? and then Yeah, so obviously we know Andy Reid off the bye, uh, tremendous uh, record, right? You got those numbers? Yeah, McKenzie ran the numbers here. So 13 days or more rest, 21 and 13 ATS, um, and then eight days or more rest, Patrick Mahomes, I have numbers here, 24 and 6 straight up, 15, 14, and 1 ATS. Jalen Hurts. Wait, wait, hold on a second. How many days of rest for Mahomes? Uh, more than a week. Okay, so this could be even like thir- okay because I was could thinking that's a lot. From, of, that's a lot be, of game. How many could games be going from Thursday to Sunday? Like yeah, just extended rest. Or in theory, Sunday to Monday the next week, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that's the one that's going to have a lot of those. Okay, you, you know, if there's one player I don't want to bet on, and maybe maybe I'm crazy for this. So Travis Kelsey, obviously, I agree. Argentina. Oh, sh- oh yeah. Ar- yeah. I, I, and he even said. You know what? I'm coming back and make sure I got like a nice tan because like it's winter. If the weather's getting cold, I want to get some sunshine. That is game. not that is not a bet on. So a guy a guy numbers. went on vacation on his bye. You're, you're like you're out on hey, that. Tony Romo to, went he, to vacate. When I'm I got news for you. You're going to be out on almost everybody. He went hold, hold to Antarctica. Hold on. Isn't this the Giants boat? The banana boat? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> What did they call that? It wasn't Banana Boat. What did they no, call that? Yeah. Banana Boat was, was Chris Paul and LeBron. That uh, was just yeah. them in but Florida. It was just but the Giants a, boat pick. That's a week before a playoff game. It's a little different. But well, hold on a second. If they had, if what we're saying is that going on a vacation doesn't affect the next game, why would it affect that next game? But if Travis Kelsey what? wasn't Travis Kelsey, you wouldn't have heard that he went to Argentina. Yeah, and we would have been but, ignorant of a big point. But uh, how many? Well, by the way, we wouldn't care if he wasn't a famous player that really affected the game. But I'm saying, how many players do you think go on vacation during their bye? I would say most. Do you but, think these? They're not all Kirk Cousins like sitting at home with their family watching Christmas movies. Like they're not they, going to New Zealand. Argentina's like it's so, like two uh, what, time zones away. Fez. That's occasionally we it's, should occasionally it's like occasionally miles. occasionally we should stop and ask ourselves what we're arguing. Your point is what? Is that Everybody goes on vacation during their bye week. Do you think it's a negative? Because everyone can do like everyone eats imperfectly, but someone would be if they everyone eats worse than Tom Brady in season. But you know what? If they if they ate like Tom Brady, they'd be better. Fair. All right. So would Kelsey play better in this game statistically? The probabilities if he didn't go on a Putang trip. Yes. Would he play better if he'd <laughs> instead gone to Seattle to play a football game this week? I'd much rather him go to Argentina and have a week. One, but but that's not the, that's a false choice. The choice was stay home, stay focused, get some rest, cryogenic chamber, maybe sleep at altitude or on a train at altitude, sleep, or go to the UK and party with the Stones, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but in a weird way, you don't like that. There's a judgmental element to it. But would you, if you had a fight, a, a UFC, your first UFC fight, and it was uh, 12 days from whenever Kelsey left on vacation. 12 days before the game, right? 
Would you go off on a Putang exhibition? No. All right, he did. That's but a fact. Like, I'm betting he, him fight, under. he fights once a year. You fight once a year. Mm-hmm. Like professional fighters might fight two or three times a you year. You get one by a year. I know. You got to rest you up. You got to do. You you relax. I think I think Travis Kelsey relaxed. I don't think he relaxed. Maybe after. And by the way, the uh, <laughs> it, it, for DVOA, the Chiefs are sixth on offense. The Eagles are seventh, so they're neck and neck. Do you? Let me ask you a question. Do you use the stats? You do you look at all the stats and pick out the one that makes your case? No. Sometimes you use DVOA. Sometimes you use PFF, and occasionally you know he's in trouble when he pulls out YPP. Mm. That's when you know he's in trouble. I usually use DVOA. <laughs> Here's what we do know, though. Is that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are four and zero when Taylor Swift is in attendance? <laughs> they're two and and they're averaging twenty eight point five points per game. Two and one when she doesn't go to a game. Twenty one point three points per game. Kelsey is averaging one hundred and eight yards per game when she's there. Only forty six point five when you know, she's not there. That's a just and as you bad as my No, it's a- she'll be there on Monday night. Not only will she be there on Monday night, her mom. Her mom's gonna be there. Her mom or Kelsey's both. You know, they're, they're gonna meet each you other. Know, this is actually, this is because actually it's the brothers playing each other. They're gonna. Meet. I do think this is actually not insignificant because wow. Andy Reid is the type Two of coach. I could see Andy Reid saying, "All right, you know, it's we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll give Travis his touchdown at the end. We already did it once but, this year." But here's the thing: this isn't the kind of game you would expect. That's a good point. Yeah, this it, is not a play around about, game. If it's about margin. If they were laying 10, that yeah, might be That's bad. a good point. They're not playing the Jets. Andy Reid's well aware of this because he joked around at a press conference. And Which said, means he's defraying. Taylor can stay all she wants hmm. when, when he well, was told nice about the stat difference between Kelsey's. Because yeah. he tried to ban her from the stadium yeah. and they wouldn't allow it. <laughs> but let's be honest here. We really made that whole debate about going on vacation not the accurate debate. The debate was if you're falling in love. And he's either falling in love. Or this is a big facade. If it's a big facade, I don't. Is he going to Argentina? So let's say this is legitimate, right? Because Kelsey doesn't seem like the. I guy. think it's somewhere in between. I think he's having a real good time, you know, and enjoying life. My wife listens to his podcast every week, mm-hmm. and my wife is also a big Taylor Swift fan. So she's okay. Very, what does she say? She's very happy about. Is she this available whole thing. for a recording for us? Yeah, she yeah. might be, but she is. She's very happy about this whole thing. She thinks they make each other very happy. So they finally have. But she doesn't really care about winning football games, does she? She cares about the. Couple. Well, Travis Kelsey is on her fantasy team, so yeah, she's she feels like she's gotten a boost from it too. Here, here's what we <laughs> here's what we do know is that um, for weeks Travis Kelsey is kind of brushed it off and hasn't addressed it, you know, kind of just let the rumors speak for itself and everything. But with this past week with her concert and the the cameras showing her running to him off stage and kissing him in the last edition of his podcast with his brother, uh, Jason was like, hey, the video is out there. We have to talk about it. And, and oh, so oh, as, Travis, if, as if that was the thing yeah. that made it like this is actually for real. So he's finally he finally addressed it and talked about the relationship. Now, what does increase the chance it was – it's a facade is the Kelsey's have a, a, a well, so this podcast, who's on the podcast, Jason and Travis, both of them. Yeah. And somehow one of them is dating. Boy, that makes you feel, it's not like, well, oh, does Travis Kelsey? I mean, remember he's the one that hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Right? He's got media aspirations. Now they got a big podcast. Maybe there, there's certainly motivation for the facade. I don't recall Brady doing all these podcasts and like going to Argentina during his his bye weeks. No, but, but uh, you don't recall him doing that. Hmm. No. Okay. Bye weeks. Not when he was with the Patriots. 
I, you, I'm talking about like when he was. Uh, he had a very famous girlfriend and wife. <laughs> yeah, you remember yeah, but, when? But, but did did he? Where did he go during bye weeks? We're not saying you can't date a, uh, or marry a famous person. We're saying how do you get ready for football? Didn't he and Giselle have like this this uh, meeting on an island where they were basically planning their the divorce year, right the before year, this, the, the year they different. went under five hundred? Yeah, maybe that's a sign. Okay. Well, you were on SOV or not AM SOV National. Yeah. Well, you guys are National SOV Fox, in which I was saying fade right off the top at the beginning of the year. What I say? I go, he's not doing the things that made him great. Yeah. And he had his only losing season. Yeah. All right, 2017, Super Bowl winning year. First of all, don't say all right like you've got some. <laughs> I mean, this is the only good point I made all day. All right, go ahead. 2017, Brady, maybe his best season ever, beats the Falcons, best game ever. How did he spend his bye week can, in can the you, Bahamas get to the with point? Giselle? All right, so Bahamas. So that is a re- it's the trip, private plane over, right? Then re- what are they doing every day? Were they going to concerts? Were they doing Laying media? at the beach. Were they doing media availabilities? Right? They're staying at Bahar Mar in the private villa. I don't even know where that is, but I, I, I it sounds right. It sounds right. <laughs> so my, my all joking aside, we can, and I'm not trying to like say, oh, I'm surely right. But Taylor Swift is one of the most famous people that's been on earth for the last 50 years. I mean, she's gone to another level. I mean, I don't know. Is she bigger than Michael Jackson at the height? Maybe. I mean, it feels like good we, can, good comp. I think very good comp. She's bigger than the Stones ever have been. The Stones have never been in the in the public consciousness. Like, well, I wasn't around back in this early, you know. So I don't know, but I don't think she's Elvis. The Beatles, basically. the Beatles, Elvis. We're talking that Springsteen never was in that level. Yeah. I mean, he, he married uh, the, the movie star Phillips. Was her last name? Bijou. No, 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 no. She's like a poor, uh, half a porn star. Oh, maybe. okay. No, it was, uh, you can look it up, Springsteen's first wife. Um, but it's something, I can't remember the name. But um, she was like a kind of famous movie star. Hey, you heard a little bit about, you know, this is another thing. Julianne Phillips. Yeah, yeah. Arizona is at the Houston Texans, and Fez, his one weight, is on this game. Does he read that like it's coming off a ticker? That they're just, and it's almost like on a Thursday or, or for March Madness, like we got the bracket. I thought I was announcing. I mean, you were like, where you had? Did you have that game on three different notes? No, I I, eyes darting. And I had to go up to who had the who had the one way on it. <laughs> it's hip to be square. I'm going team total. Houston over 27 points. Ooh. I got to tell you, I I don't see how Houston doesn't score, score a lot almost of, 30. I, I don't see how they don't have a high scoring game here. Arizona's defense is poor. Obviously, Arizona's now been upgraded as a team because they have a quarterback that's not going to change their defense any. And I love what Strout is doing. The whole offense for Houston and and they're gunslingers, man. They don't run the ball. They just you know they're just throwing the ball all over the lot. So because of that, I don't know if, if it's going to be enough. I think Houston could win this game thirty to twenty seven. They could win thirty one to twenty three. But um, you want to isolate on their offense exactly. Houston's offense has a major advantage against Arizona, and I think and we talk about like oh scoring so down in the NFL and the like, mm-hmm. and a big part of it is just lack of quarterback play. But um, here, I, I, I'm very happy. Well, with see, I dis- maybe a big part of it's fine. And the cover, I mean, too. You, yeah, but what I'm saying is if you look at Mahomes' stat, in general, most of the best quarterbacks are down this year, too. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. But I tell you who isn't down, it's Houston's quarterback, who's having no problem putting up big numbers against everyone. And now he gets to play in perfect weather conditions in the Dome. So um, over 27 points. Yeah, I, I agree with, with you, Fed. I think but you don't have an official play. I don't have an official play. But I think on both sides, you look at the good thing about this team is the quarterback – 
The bad thing about this team is the defense. It feels like it's just going to be a, a high-scoring game. And also the market just blitzed this game up from 47.75 to 49. So the mon- the, the sharp money came in on the over, and I'm not – I'm still a little worried about how many points Arizona is going to score. I have every confidence in Houston's offense. Now, we got to say this to make sure we don't miss late. If you like a game and the game gets steamed, it does affirm the game, but now you got to bet it at the new number. And generally, that's not a good bet because the last bet that moves the number puts the number at a place that you would bet it that is outside the range that the wise guys bet. Because if they kept betting it, it would keep moving. It's, it's a, always it, going to be one ahead. It's a great point, and and one I'm, half. Point and I'm ahead. paying a tax on this because I would. But have it's a derivative. On the derivative, I I don't know if I would have been able to get 26 and a half before you know. But now I'm gonna have to. I know I'm gonna have to pay. The math says I'm gonna have to play 27. So and 27 is an important number. It's not in trivial at all. In the perfect world, and it's hard. And I think the books are getting more sophisticated on keeping on a key number and moving the money line. But in general, there can be a time that a, a total moves a point and you can get the first half that moves from 17 and a half to 18 and a half. And it, or it, I guess in that case, it'd be a half point or whatever if the to- total moved a point and it'd be an inconsequential move. But you get the value of, hey, it's not that the wise guy said, oh, we think there's going to be more scoring in the second half. It was just the way they do the math of it. You agree with that? Yeah, let me give an example. So, obviously, we had a free fall happen in the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. So the with the to- quarterback change. Qu- quarterback change. So, the total goes down from, like, 37. It started at 38, then 37. Then it goes to 34, okay? And it sits at 34 for a while, and then they're like, no, nope, got to be even lower. Go to 33. But now the first half on the initial move got bumped down to 17. Talk about a key number. 17 on the first half. Two touchdowns and a field goal in the half. So, so with this move, uh, the, the game total hit down to 33, and I was able to get a 17 and a half, and under 17 and a half in the first half at, at, at one slow moving shop. And it should be 16 and a half. I mean, that's crazy. So like, you, you're getting the value of the knowledge of the move down, but you're getting, in a way, the old number. Yes. And that doesn't always happen, but if you have a game that you're like going, mm, maybe I'm going to bet this total, look at the derivative, see if there's a chance a total could move, which affirms your bet, but you still get, maybe it's not the same number, but in in truth, it's pretty much the same number because it's such an inconsequential number that maybe it moved and, off. And of. instead of like, if you played the game, you might have to pay an extra twenty five cents, and on the derivative, maybe five cents. It, and, it's slower moving. And as you've talked about, Fez, key numbers in shorter time periods are more valuable because there's less possible scores. Thus, the combination of scores is more predictable. Exactly, and that's why we're always talking. Scotty has a derivative on the uh, first quarter, and and like we forbade him playing. A minus a half on the first quarter because it's like that's so it's worth so much to get it at pick and the books just generally don't value that they know the value but it's the way the public bets it the is public's the way like price. it can't be worth 70 cents to go off a zero on the first quarter but it so, is so yeah. it's set, the difference between a half i didn't know it was that much a half plus a half or pick them is 70 cents yes so you'd lay plus 100 let's think about this a second you'd lay minus 170 at even money so on the money line or you could have plus or minus a half. Even money, minus 100. Yeah. Wow. Same, indifferent. So, one example would be this is not a, a real example, but imagine if you could bet over or under eight and a half for the first three minutes of the game. Like at a certain point, it's like once you got up to, or I guess maybe a better way to say it would be what numbers matter in the first three minutes except three, seven, 
and I guess eight, but eight doesn't really matter as much, right? Is well, if you had some line on the first half, or I'm sorry, the first three minutes of the game. Yeah, so they, they, they offer this. Okay. Okay, so usually in college football, mm-hmm. and they say, will there be a score, any score? Mm-hmm. All right, and usually the over-under is like like six minutes, for instance, for okay. a game. Yeah. And, then, and then they if make— you wanted even money, okay. And then they'll make it—and and, and so let's say, it's, let's say it's even money. So let's say you want to go under five and a half minutes, all right? Now, this is the fascinating thing. It turns out one second is worth one cent. It just it works out that way. So for that range, in that range, in that range, so yeah. under five and a half mi- becomes minus one thirty, and under five minutes becomes minus one sixty. It works almost perfectly. Okay. That they, 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 and then obviously it skews higher when you go to like if you go to like will there be a score in the first three minutes? It's like minus four forty. It's a, it's a crazy number. And that that is interesting. In my example, I didn't give a great one, so I'm going to talk just a second about more broadly. Is the thing I was trying to accomplish with the three-minute thing is say there's only one score or zero scores that can happen. Those two scores are three points or seven points, you know, the two possible scores. Right. If you could play under seven and a half, you'd put your entire mortgage on it. Yeah, yeah. There was one NFL game that's that's open with back-to-back kickoff returns for touchdowns. One Falcon That's going to be a rare one. (laughs) Uh, But but, so if you think of a quarter, it's not so extreme, but isn't it extreme – what are the possibilities at the end of the first quarter, right? It's going to be 3-3. Three, three. Well, it's, it doesn't even matter what the score is. It's going to be what the margins are. Three, right? Seven. You could envision ten. But if you think of the distribution, it's only a handful of those likely most of the time. Yes. Miss extra point, whatever. So thus, a tie game is one of the most common ones. Nothing, nothing. Three, three. If you get plus a half, you win that versus push it. Thus, it's worth so much. Yeah, like Carolina, worst team, second worst team in the NFL. Scott, what are they in the first in the first quarter plus a half on Carolina? Carolina plus a half. Uh, no, Carolina is plus two and a half. The one that I was the one. But, that, but, no, but what are they on the day. season? What are they in the season first oh, quarter? On the season, they're eating one ETS. Yes. Even the week that we had the EPA, they still came through. Yeah, yeah I know it's good. Um, all right, so I think that that was a good analysis. I thought. Oh, the Hitman. Oh, so repeat your play, Faz, real quick. So I'm going team total, Houston, over 27 points. Now, I'm going to throw to the hitman, but I got one thing on Houston. Well, let's hear what he says, and then I'll tell my thing about Houston. This is the hitman. Best bet, Arizona Cardinals, plus five. This Arizona team got a huge bump in power rating after last week's performance against Atlanta that had them outgain Atlanta by over two yards per play. This is a team of an underrated, talented offense with an above-average quarterback surrounded by solid weapons in James Conner, Michael Wilson, Marquise Brown, and Trey McBride. Kyler Murray hit over 20 miles per hour on his next-gen stats scrambles, further proving to us that he's close to 100% healthy off his injury. The Texans' defense presents a good matchup for this offense. They've allowed opponents to score on 42% of their drives over the past four games, good for third worst in the league. And they were the only defense that even made Bryce Young look pretty good. Although C.J. Stroud is red hot, remember, three weeks ago, this team lost to Carolina, and two weeks ago, they closed minus two and a half at home against the Bucks in what ended up being a coin flip game. Sell high spot on Houston. I like the plus five with Arizona. Hmm. See, I hear him. Here's the why reason I'm not so sure. I'm not sure that he's wrong. I'm just thinking it's more neutral. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Is and I talked about this Monday, so I'll make it quick. Is Bobby Slovic, I think is how you Slovic. say it. Slovic. Is was at PFF. He's, you know, a known he was a known guy there. 
he he was part of the Shanahan. Was he? Did he coach with Shanahan? Yeah, he was a passing game coordinator last uh, year. Yeah, so now he's now uh, D'Amico gets the job. He brings this guy, and he's doing well, right? Obviously, but the, if you look at the run pass splits before, I think it would be two weeks ago, but maybe it's just the one week. But recently, and I think it's been two weeks since they changed. He Bobby was in the press conference, and he says. We haven't been passing as much as I'd like, but the O line was beat up, so we had we couldn't like put him back there to get killed. I think the O line's in a place that we're going to be able to pass more. Which you might think, why is he telling that? Well, he did. Mm-hmm. In the last two weeks, that you look at the passing numbers, they're very high, and I think that's more representative. Which backs your bet too. Is I think Houston just has gone up a handful of points in what their expectations are, not just because they played so well, but because they're playing in a new style. Game script, more aggressive, throwing the ball. Yes, yes. So I agree with that. that and, and they've been so good in it, that's a good sign. that that's, Heck, they're up 10 against Cincinnati and they're still throwing the ball. That style of play lends itself to this team. Yeah. So I think, I think that, again, we was it me and you bet? We bet on uh, Houston to make the uh, playoffs, right? Or, or to win the division. Yes. All right, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, we got a little bank on it. Did um, Talking about the defenses the Hitman did. 20, 23rd in the last four weeks, mm-hmm. 21st season to date. So pretty negligible difference, but a big uptick in offense. Yeah, and he's watching it. Yeah, and maybe there's things he's seeing. You know, again, Hitman wins a lot, no doubt about it. And that's the Hitman, which you can get at pregame.com, all of his best bets. Okay. So we took a small break and we were talking, Fez, and I think there's one thing that we were talking about. We were talking about two slightly different things. So we were talking about two and a half, three, three and a half. Now, I won't go over it all again, but what Fez was talking about is, let's say the market is three and you're able to lay two and a half because you bet it early, let's say, or there's an off number. You're saying in that case where we trust the market's three, laying two and a half is profitable. Yes. What I was talking about and uh, what I said initially, but, you know, it got caught up in the mix. And I didn't really understand exactly what you were saying because it didn't make – you heard me a couple times saying, really? I don't think that's right. Mm. And you kept saying and, – and you were right. But I was too because we were talking about two different things. What I was talking about is if you take both sides of it. So you lay two and a half and you take plus three. Is that – you know, and, and then if you lay two and a half and take three and a half – Right. And so in that case, laying two and a half naked, but the market's three and a half is one calculation, which was yours. Mm-hmm. Mine is I'm betting that second game or the second side, the same game at three and a half. Now that's profitable, but not as profitable as being naked at two and a half if the line should be three and a half. Yes. Yes. So what it, it's a and when case. I say naked, you just have the one side. So let's let's give a theoretical example. Yeah. So let's assume you know a line's two a line's two and a half. And you just know that mm-hmm. it's going to go up to three and a half. And normally you bet a thousand per game. And, and it's easier to assume someone's just got an off number. The current market's three and a half, right? And yeah. Let's a, what, yeah. That's a good point. Well, so let's assume you've got a friend and he happens to be in. Delaware, and there's some crazy book yeah, that lets exactly. them lets them lay two lit two and a half, and it's like, all right, I normally bet a thousand game. How much am I going to bet now? Well, the the answer really is uh, however much I can I can I can beg, borrow, or steal because let's say it's twenty thousand. Okay, so I'm going to bet I'm going to bet twenty two thousand to win twenty because it's such a good bet minus two and a half. But my Kelly criterion says Mike, my, my max bet really 
can only be 2,000 because I'm over bet, way over betting my bankroll. But not if they're inversely correlated. Well, now I can be exactly because now I, what I can do is okay, I'm going to bet my 2,000 minus two and a half, and then I'm going to take the next 18,000 and I'm going to put it into my middle pot where I'm going to lay two and a half and I'm going to play back 18,000 the other way plus three and a half. Now, the plus three and a half isn't a positive EV bet, but when you combine them together, then it's a positive middle. What I would do, and again, I don't understand the nuisances of like the real intent, because there's like a 400 page book on. But I would say whatever you can lose, the the vig you're giving away is your lay. So if you're able to lay two thousand in that case, let's say comfortably on a, a, a naked side, then you can lay twenty two thousand because you're risking two thousand. Right. I see. We say so. You say, right. so you say but bet bet bet. Uh, I'm going to use ten thousand. It's cleaner. I so said bet eleven thousand to win to win ten thousand minus two and a half, and then I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to win ten thousand, so I can risk ten thousand the other way to protect it, and that way. If the, but in truth, you're only risking $1,000. That's right. And if, if that's your Kelly, then that's great. Yeah. yeah. So, But again, most people play, at this point, I'm hearing people playing quarter Kelly, not even half Kelly. Right. Because, because, they, because yeah. inherently people, sports bettors are notorious for over, shocker, for overestimating what their edge is on any one game. And Kelly started on things like blackjack and stuff where there's more absolute odds. Like, you know what your edge is. Right. So, so in counting, you don't know exactly. It's pretty damn. Yeah. And people can argue, well, you don't know where the good the, the big cards are going to be unless you're 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 slug tracking the shoot but as an example you've got a true count of plus eight and it's a double deck you're a deck through so it's so it's so that the, the running count and the true count are both plus eight and every plus two is worth one percent it's like a four percent edge and plus or minus half percent you can estimate it since you've come to vegas scott have you slug decked uh, any weekends slug decked no i haven't slug decked. is that how you said it shuffle tracking but you said something else. You said slug. Yeah, there's a slug of tens, uh-huh. like, and you track it through what, the shuffle. What, what the phrase is slug track? It's it, they call it a slug of high cards or small cards. Right. And then have you, you cut. done that? No, I've I've, I've counted not slug. <laughs> the, the, Loser. In 20 seconds, the most extreme slug track. No, 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 no. Next week we're saving it for next week. That's a big tease for next week. Now, oh, oh. I promised a story, but I got that's going to be later. Okay, all right. Speed Racer, right? The cartoon mm-hmm. that was like I don't know where it was produced, but it was weird. Yeah, the original. One time, the little boy like had Chim Chim. It was like what was the boy's name? Um, his name was Speed Racer. No, there was a no, little. He has his little brother. His little brother. Hmm. Not his big brother Racer. It was Racer X. Yeah, exactly. Racer X. Speed was the the main. And yeah, and then it was Pops and Racer X. Yeah, but there was a little kid. Yeah. If Mackenzie and, and a chimp, if Mackenzie could look both of these up at once, he'd be like Chad GBT. Spritel? Rex? <sighs> no. But let's call him the boy. Okay. Right, but first, let's get the answer here. So the the least or fewest populated, or the time zone with the fewest Speed. population. It's Siberia and some of Alaska. It's called UTC eleven, and there's thirty three thousand people that live there. UTC eleven sounds like something that causes cancer. Mm. Don't, don't eat UTC 11. I stopped eating UTC 11 a while ago. Now, would you, I would have bet major money that the least populated time zone had less than 32,000 people. Me too, because the Pacific is so vast. I was like, there's got to be great swaths whether you don't hit anything. And That's then we looked I'm at saying. the map, and there's like, there's, I had no idea that like, like all these islands off the coast of Australia and the like, are, there's so many of them. I'm not a physicist. But if you're down in Antarctica, could you take like one step and switch time zones? Yes, you could be occupying. If you're on the so pole, so if you so hold on, you could have your hold on. Okay, 
if you ran around in reverse like Superman did in Superman 3, or 2, it was 2, could you make time go backwards if you were running on foot in Antarctica? No. But you could have your... I think Einstein would disagree with you. But you could have your foot in every time zone at once. You could go around... How many feet do you have? You would have one foot... Right in the middle. Just like if you go to the four corners in the U.S., you can put your finger in Excellent four states at once. example. You could go around the world instead of in 80 days. You could do it in 0.8 seconds. You could just be there. But when you went from time zone to time zone, would the time change? Yes. Has to. So if, you're, if I'm late for a meeting, I can just, just say, back let's hours. move this one office over and we're fine. <laughs> yeah. Or you could be like in that international... Dateline, where it goes from one, you know. Like well, that was days. the point in Speed Racer. Yeah. But here's what I'm bridal, by the way. I, I don't think so. Here's what. I, well, <laughs> no, what Wikipedia I think you're says. right. I think you're right. Here's what I'm going to do. At the end of the pod, I'm going to tell the Speed Racer story, okay. and we're going to tease that. Well, it, I guess if you if you drop a number two on the international Dateline, it could be the same shit, different day. Bow. That's pretty good. That's, I thought it was kind of crass, but then he came through a little bit. All right, that's your one joke. Um, <laughs> let's get started. Fez, he's, uh, he, oh, oh, well, we didn't finish the, the major point. We got distracted. We didn't even announce it. Okay. So the 6,000 people, it's a worldwide, false modesty doesn't do well for you. Worldwide contest. Every time zone represented, we think. Six million at stake. What's the winner get? One million. Just, just the cool million. Yep. What, what, what place are you in right now? Tied for second. Now, how much is the first place team up? Half a game. You're a half. If you would have picked one more winner, you'd be in the pure lead. Yes. <sighs> now, they would have kicked the if Houston had kicked the extra point when they won by two. Oh, by if, that, if that that's going to cost. Unless you win it, that's going to cost you like a hundred thousand. You know what? It, nothing would please me more than to lose four hundred thousand because I finished second instead of first because <laughs> of now that. that. That brings up an interesting <laughs> point. Okay. So $1,000 in it. No, full disclosure, as we always do, you had multiple, you have multiple contest entries. And your theory is there's an overlay in these contests, you think? Because, now, did they have to add money to this one? Yes, they only had 5,300 entries, so they had to put in. So that changes my calculations about every time zone, but go ahead. Yeah, so they, so they put in ex, an, an extra, what is that, 700,000? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you figured, all right, there's a free roll. You know, I'm pretty good in these kind of contests. And you had how many entries? Five. Uh, is that the max they allow? Yes. All right. So you said here's five thousand. And odds were, you know, let's be honest, you're not even a favorite to be in the money in any of those in a typical year, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, because it's just it, the the money pays what a hundred people. I think it's a hundred. Yeah. So you'd have to be in top if you were a hundred and first out of fifty three hundred, you don't get paid. That's right. So chances are you were handing over five k, but then every once in a while something like this happens. All right. So now here's the question. What would you take? Forget the branding, the exposure, the notoriety. Let's say that no one was going to know this was a private contest. No one knows you're in first, second, anything. 93,000. Now, how did you come to that number? Johnny and I worked it out when we were driving in. We're like, well, what place would you take right now? So you, is Johnny somewhere in the offices? You said no. you. Oh, I thought you said driving in. Yeah, well, when it's driving him into school. Oh, okay, okay. About it. <laughs> yes, he's there, like fixing the books or something, maybe in the back room. <laughs> so I was, I, I was like, what place do you think I, I, I should take? You think twentieth? He's like, oh, you can't take twentieth. You're in second. You know. And now, I, does he understand? I mean, what, oh, he's twelve. Yeah. yeah, but he's in. He takes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But so he, he's taking calculus. Yeah. He okay. understands. Oh, believe me, he understands. I'm getting a calculus next 
semester. But, <laughs> but, but Fez makes me feel like my kids are just so dumb. No. <laughs> like, no, this, he's 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 what skipped two grades, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this isn't. But uh, he's socially normal. I would never have allowed it if he wasn't doing well socially. But how would you know that? I can tell. Because you're not. No, I'm joking. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> a, good point. that's a good point. <laughs> I'm teasing. All right. So no, and to be candid, I think you make a real strong effort with that stuff. It seems like. So I think that you can feel good about that for sure. Um, you know, meaning like, let's go golf. You know, you had you induced them to what do kung fu or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. And then Karate. he went to one. Now, did he did he do that another time or he did it the one time? No, he's he's going. He loves karate. Yeah, well, that's he, awesome. He's like one like like. I I didn't think he, I didn't know he was any good. And then Does he, he attack you and stuff? At different I, points? I still collaborate him. Yeah, but you still can get him. He only it's, weighs he only weighs ninety six pounds. <laughs> but like, I mean, so I'm, I'm over two hundred. What's yeah. the over under that Johnny's the favorite against Fez? Like what age? Mm -hmm. I think maybe twenty three. I think he'll have to get a little bit of old, old not old man. Sixteen. No, I don't think so. I, so Fez's kid, I've met him once, mm -hmm. but he's not. He's not a big kid. Yeah, he didn't like you, by the way. I've heard that. <laughs> I've, you scared him. Um, so I don't. I don't. It's going to take him a while to get to be like. Well, that's Fez's a fasc size. fascinating forecast. A while. Like it's gonna take. It, it won't be until he's like a a full grown man. I, but here's the point. I'm regressing. I get worse. Yeah, Fez isn't staying the same age. That's true. All right, so let's plot this out. So Fez is 65 now. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> well, let's just say let's just say 55 and be nice to Fez. Okay. Is that fair? You're being very nice. <laughs> or all right. So people are saying, man, I thought he was older than that. No, how old are you? 60. You just Oh, so that was your birthday here a couple days ago? I didn't know yeah, it was 60. Yeah, 6 -0. Happy birthday, yeah, Fez. Thank you. That can't be fun. Wow. <laughs> huh. No wonder you were depressed. There, you know, it's funny. <laughs> and I, and <laughs> I'm joking. And I always forget his name, but there's like this chess master that's like looks like an old guy. All right? Uh-huh. And so and I tweeted out. It's like, oh, he's outstanding because like I, I remember seeing him in a tournament in Ohio in the Oh, because you were saying like if he can play at the highest level, 60 not so old. Well, I knew him. I, I saw him clobber a master, and he was like ten years old. And he was like a little kid, mm -hmm. and he beat a master. It was just incredible, yeah. you know. And like, but I was a lot older than him. And now I see him, and he's like an old man on the. Uh. Uh, and I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> well, yeah, but you chess, know, chess like is stressful. Chess is stressful. It is. You and know? I'm not sure that guy that he beat was really a master either. Hey, he beat Richard Horowitz. 20, how do you? 20, how, how would 20, you know that? A master wouldn't lose to a little kid. The little kid was a twenty-one. But he was a future world, almost world champion. <laughs> the little, the, the little kid was a twenty-one hundred. Beat Richard Horowitz. He was like a twenty-three hundred, like but former, the, like, like, like. Wasn't Horowitz a twenty-two eighty? No, he could have been. You're right. He could have been. He could have been. <laughs> a but let's say, let's say Fez's son is going to be a karate champion one day. Well, but he won't. But let's say he could be. Let's say oh, he's. Okay, so we're in fantasy world. Okay. He's got the potential to be a karate champion someday. Now, who I'm, could he beat me, me in a fight today? When I'm listening to this, I want to decide who I'm going to be married to in this. Oh no, go ahead. Um, <laughs> Could Fezzik's son beat me in a fight today if he was on pace to be a karate world champion? Okay. So have you ever studied Bobby Fischer's Game go. of the Century? No. Against what? Brian, what's the dude's name? Brian, fine. Who was the dude he played? Uh, it was like he was like a. a, a um, uh, it was in the U.S. Robert Byrne. That's it. Byrne. Yeah. yeah. It was in the Donald U.S. Byrne. Donald Byrne. Okay. There was a Robert Byrne brother that played. I think. Mm. If, check that, Mackenzie. Um. And he was what, like eleven, Fisher or twelve? Yeah, like, like to become a grandmaster. Most of these grandmasters, like when they're thirteen, they're already like candidate masters. They're already knocking on masters. 
Yeah. Look up the um, uh, game of the century. So they called this the game of the century when it happened. It was he, uh, if I recall, and again, Fez knows a lot more chess than me. He sacrificed his queen, right? Which, Bobby Fisher did. Yeah, as like a 12, 13 year. I think you know we'll see in a second. Um, which again, you don't see queen sacrifices. Uh, I mean, how how rare is? I mean, was that even at the level when you were at Fez when you were in college and you guys went to the Pan American Games? Would, would there be queen sacrifices? I've only sacrificed my queen once my entire chess career, and it, it was in a memorized opening where I got three pieces for it, but it was like it wasn't— and So they it, fell into a trap in a way. Exactly. So it, it, it's a really cool game because you're playing you know, two bishops and a knight against the queen. Good luck if you got the queen. Uh, probably not a good idea. All right. Mackenzie's put this up so I can read. It's just a short paragraph about the game of the century. Is a chess game. That was won by 13-year-old future world champion Bobby Fischer against Donald Byrne eh, in the Rosewood, Rosewald Memorial. Rosen, okay, Memorial. Tournament at the Marshall Chess Club, which was his home club, if I remember, in Manhattan, in New York City, in 1956. In Chess Review, Hans, last name starts with a K, Fez, Notch, Gnocchi, Gnocchi with... A little sausage, no, uh, <laughs> dubbed it the game of the century and wrote the following. <clears throat> the following game, a stunning masterpiece of combination play performed by a boy of 13 against a formidable opponent matches the finest on record in the history of chess prodigies. Still, should it be the game of the century if it's not in the history of chess? It's one of those things where shocker, the American oh, winds up. Do you believe the in miracles? Game. It's yeah. I I, I got to believe that Tower, Botvinnik, or Karpov or Kasparov played a better game at some point. Or even Bobby Fischer later. Yeah. Who do you think the best chess player of all time is? But let's say relative to their time. Um, so like the whole Babe Ruth debate. Oh, wow, Kasparov. Oh, I oh, I no. think it's Fisher actually. Oh, uh, you know, it's a, you you bring up a good point. And one thing that was great about Fisher is he totally reinvented everything. So chess was like romantic; people were checkmating each other. It was so exciting. And then all it's kind of like poker. And then all the math geeks took over, played super positional with their pawn chains, played for end games, really careful. And then in comes Bobby Fisher. Nope, I'm pushing my king pawn forward, and then I'm playing the king's gambit, and I'm sacrificing pawns, I'm sacrificing pieces, I'm gonna checkmate your king. That really revitalized chess. So he he played in a way like if I remember what was that guy's name? Cas Capanella. Who? Um, Casablanca. Casablanca. Yes. It w and was his hero, if I remember. Yeah. Right? They, uh, they, they, the guys in the late eighteen eighties that would say screw screw the the end game. I'm going to checkmate you. But then there was an American player named Murphy. I think that was one of the first. Like they said, you know, the highest level. I, I think chess history is fascinating. Marshall. Just, yeah. I mean, these the, Paul I'm, Murphy. You mean? Is it yeah. Murphy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank who, you. Ben Feingold thinks is the greatest chess player of all time, and I do too. Oh, there you go, Mackenzie. Mackenzie follows uh, Ben Feingold. Oh, okay, yeah, which is time. a chess commentator. Yeah, the guy I just showed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so what's funny about that is like, we yeah, I, call a guy that he's Mr. Feingold. Yeah, I knew him when he was. I knew him when <laughs> he was eight. You know, so <laughs> the um, so I guess AJ to bring it back around is the level of play of the best 13-year-olds is much closer to the level of play of the best in the world than the karate, let's say. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Here's what I... Let's just do the math real quick, and we're going to push this to the end of the pod. So let's take a minute with it. Okay. Fez is 61 when Johnny's 12. Well, you know, on and off. 62, 13. All right? We following how this yep. is going? 
So let's skip ahead five years. 67 to 18. Now, what, at that point, what's the story? Fez but, might be in a wheelchair. Mm, I don't think Fez is in good shape for his age. He is. He I'm is. gonna say that at that point, actually, he is Fez is a minus 150 favorite. Now, how do we add in the whole idea of kicking your dad's ass, it, which is you want to do it all. Every boy that's ever grown wants to be able to beat his dad. Did up. you ever try? I wouldn't try now. <laughs> <laughs> I told my son, I, I, I've always said, there, there comes a day in every boy's life where he thinks he can do it. And I said, the day I thought I could do it was probably a year too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in a weird way, if you're not a little soon, you don't have the balls you probably exactly. should. The best fatherhood advice I can give all the fathers out there is race your son every day of his life. You'll never forget the first time he beats you legitimately. Well, why would you ever let him win illegitimately? Well, I mean, when he's won, you know, like run beside him. But once he can actually, like, if he can taunt you if he wins, when he got he's, to, he's too old when to When he let got win. to be 10, he could beat me in a race, in a sprint. Really? Yeah. So does he, maybe he should run track. He does. He, does. he, he, does. he doesn't do it right now, but he, uh, he's done cross country. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. I beat well, him once over the past year, the day it snowed. So, but, he but can't you, run on snow. But you guys race every day. We, Maybe once a week once would be a enough. Week, once a week, but he wins every time. But I think once a week would be good because yeah. if you did it every day, you'd before. have a hamstring before we. Yeah. Did. I mean, because <laughs> you can't be loose every day at his age. No. How much do, do you get into movies for free? <laughs> Got to be discount. I was getting my hair <laughs> done in a retirement area, and the gal said, "So, just to let you know, there's a discount for those who are 65 and older." Oh, shot. That was you a shot. That was a shot. That's what she said. It was a shot across you, the bow. Honestly, if I looked at Faz, I think 53. I would. That's what I told her. I said I'm 43. I mean, what would you what guess? Honestly, I, I yeah, I think he's young 50s. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I look, now, I it, look older than Fez. No, no. But when <laughs> You're the, just grayer. But yeah. When, but that's the thing. When the die when he when he hasn't had to die, he looks. Later 50. I just, I just got yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Now <laughs> we're now early right. 50s. All right. So that was good. And uh, we're pushing this time shift. So enjoying. We're pretty much almost done with the pod. All right. Let's look at Dallas minus 10 and a half at Carolina. I was actually interested in backing Carolina here. Uh, Dallas has not been as dominant on the road. Blowing out Tommy DeVito last week has them overhyped. I... I think the look. What was the look ahead on this game, Fez? Do you have that in front of you? I do not. I did not pull. Dallas was three and a half in the summer, right? And then nine and a half on the look ahead. It just feels like smashing Tommy DeVito is something that we expected them to do. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be a big adjustment here. I, I generally like rookies much more at home than on the road. But then today, Frank Reich decides to take black take back play calling duties. He said, enough, three games is enough, Thomas Brown. Went one and two. I know we went 0 oh and 6 when I was calling the plays, but I'm back in charge, Bubba. It's my turn again. Well, he scored 15 when he won. Well, listen, he won. <laughs> what I don't like for a rookie quarterback is constant change, and that's what Bryce Young is dealing with. Uh, bouncing back and forth between two play callers, it's not ideal for anyone, but especially not a rookie. It's enough to keep me off the Panthers here. Like I said, I I, I kind of lean them getting ten and a half, but uh, it, I, I can't find anything here. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, my go-to all season has been Panthers in the first quarter. They are eight and one against the spread 
in the first quarter, and they rank second in the NFL in first quarter points allowed. But the Dallas Cowboys, you mentioned it, AJ, they're a different team on the home and on the road. They actually allow six points per first quarter on the road this season, 28th in the NFL. So taking the 2.5 points in the first quarter seems appealing, but you you hit the nail on the head with the change in the play calling and and everything that Bryce Young's dealing with, plus the way that the Cowboys defense is playing and how they've performed against bad teams. They beat up on bad teams. I, I just cannot bet against the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not putting my faith in the Panthers against Dallas here, it, even, even if it's just the first quarter. I think the spot is terrible for Dallas. So they had that war against Philly. Mm-hmm. Then they did have a divisional game. I know they won by a zillion. And they're looking ahead to Thanksgiving already against Washington. So this is indeed a complete sandwich spot. So we talked about the Bengals, you know, with their sandwich spot against Houston. So that worked out to fade them. So I'll bet Caroline. But you know what? Caroline's terrible. They're the second worst team in the NFL. There's no hurry. And I'm not taking 10 and a half when I can probably get them 11 and a half in, in my own wallet. I only play numbers in contests that are good numbers. I don't play numbers that are going to be worse than marketplace. So just a strong lean to Carolina. So this is you assuming that as the week goes on, as they typically do, Dallas is going to take money. Exactly right. What do you think it closes at? 11 and a half? Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll close 11.15 and I'll get an 11 and a half. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that, that makes some sense. All right, let's look at another game that no one has a play on. Uh, another another game that I don't have a lot of interest in. The Bill the the Jets are plus seven at Buffalo. The Bills aren't a team that you can trust to win by any margin right now. They they couldn't beat the Jets early in the season when when they were um, the the Bills were a much better team at that point. The Jets quarterback got hurt on the first series of the game. It, the Jets should absolutely be the side here, but I can't back Zach Wilson. I mean that's just, it's crazy. The Bills firing Dorsey, it's clearly a, a scapegoat situation. Sure. Think things are ugly there. The Bills are in shambles, but the Jets don't seem like the kind of team that's going to go and take it. And, you know, the, the idea that, that Solid tried to drive down the field and score, a t- like, I, just, I don't know that he understands. Like, he keeps saying Zach Wilson's fine. I think he really believes it. Like, he really mm. believes Zach Wilson is better than what we're the world is seeing. I can't get to either side here. It just feels like uh, this feels like the right number to me. I lean towards the under in this game. 12 of the Jets' last 14 games have failed to get 40 points. Uh, and seven of the last nine games between the Jets and the Bills have not crossed 40 points, including that week one game. The Jets have scored one offensive touchdown in their last 36 drives. They Their last offensive touchdown came in the first quarter in week eight against the Giants. That's how pathetic this offense Jeez. has been. And Josh Allen, and I don't know what this offense is going to look like. They fired Ken Dorsey, so there's going to be an adjustment period. But even if the offense does move the football down the field, the turnovers are really what concerns me because Josh Allen is throwing an interception now in six straight games. Why are we not just hammering Josh Allen to throw an interception properly? Well, if any game, this feels like the game that he will. So I actually like the under because I know the Jets aren't going to score. And I don't know how much the Bills are going to score with their struggling offense as much as they turn the football over against this Jets defense. And that Jets game against the New York Giants is not aging well, as bad as the Giants are playing. You know, so that, that that's almost like you 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 should have lost that game, mm-hmm. even though they won. It's a terrible black eye. They uh, barely won, and the Giants had negative nine passing yards. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not good. Um, and the Bills look good, and the stats, nothing wrong with their performance against Denver other than, you know, maybe they should get a special teams coach. And you know what? I, I'll, I'll say this. I actually think the average NFL team in a situation like that would be better off putting 11 fifth graders on the field that can stand motionless and won't commit a penalty because the time that you block a kick is so few and far between versus the time you rough the kicker or you jump off sides or you, or, or you leapfrog over the line and get called for leverage. It is just remarkable. I think it's four to one. I mean, it's like I would, I would never try to block a field goal other than putting, put a big, tall, fat, ugly guy trying to put, put his hands up in the air. That's it. Fez, where are the bills in your power ratings at this point? Because it feels like I've noticed the same thing as you. The numbers, the the stats aren't bad for the bills. But when you watch them play with your eyes, they're a a middle-of-the-pack team, it feels like, and have been since, like, week four. I got them ninth best, and frankly, I I can't see – I mean, I'm going to bet the Bills against Jacksonville or against your Chargers or against Seattle. They're better than those teams. They just haven't – small sample size. Josh Allen's still a good quarterback. He just has turned it over too often. Yeah, defense isn't very good, but you know what? There's plenty. There's plenty of years Kansas City's defense wasn't very good, and they landed in the Super Bowl. You know, I'd argue the defense is playing all right, all things considered. Like when you consider the the health issues, I, I've been waiting for them to just fall apart and like give up forty points. So honestly, they're, they're I think overperforming what I expected with all the injuries. But I I don't know if the defense matters in this game. Like. It, you could just put 11 kids out there on the field and Zach Wilson will find a way to mess it up. Mm. So I, I, I'm i with Scott that the under is probably the way to look here. Uh, you've got a, a really good quarterback who's playing at an inept level of late, and you've got an inept quarterback who's playing at a, a extra inept level right now. So uh, that that's the way I would look as well as the under. All right, let's take a look at the Chargers minus three at the Packers. And Scott Seidenberg has a one weight on this game on a derivative. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers in the first quarter. They're minus 130 on the money line. They're minus a half a point at plus 120. And I think the Chargers are going to have a lead after the first quarter. They have scored first in seven of their nine games this season. And the Packers coincidentally, have seen their opponent score first in 10 of their last 16 games. The Chargers getting off the fast starts this year, scoring 7.2 points in the first quarter. The Packers averaged just 2.2 points in the first quarter. And the offensive problems have just been there for the Packers. Uh, Jordan Love is has the worst completion percentage in the NFL, they're 23rd in yards per pass attempt, 22 in passer rating, 7th in most interceptions, 30 mentioned how bad the completion percentage has been. So I don't trust this Packers offense to get off to a fast start at all. And what, what have we seen from the Packers this season is they are a second-half football team. And what have we seen from the Chargers? They're a first-half football team. So I like the Chargers to jump out to a lead and win the first quarter in this game. Logical, and you can certainly diversify. You can bet things like Chargers to score first. You can bet Chargers first half. It's like basically you don't want any part of the Chargers if the game's close at the end of the game. Yeah, no. And Green Bay doesn't score in the first half, so this all makes logical sense. And I could certainly and you can get char- Chargers to score first. You can get minus one twenty-five or minus one thirty. Yeah, which is similar to winning the first quarter, but you just have them to score first. And it's very, it's very similar to the bet you made. Yes. Your, your bet is a little less risky because it carries with it more pushes, of mm-hmm. course. You know, yep. so if if you if you don't get the ball right off the bat, you're, you know, you're a big dog to win. 
to score first because you're only going to get one possession probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, first quarter, you know, you, you have a better chance. But um, I, I like the theme. I like, it's logical. Fade Green Bay early. Back Chargers early. Yep. Mackenzie, where is uh, Jordan Love in our our composite rankings? Because I. Like the eye test says, Jordan Love's one of the three or four worst. It, not like it, amongst these backups, but of the of the everyday guys, it seems like he's right there with Zach Wilson and Kenny Pickett. Like he he's in that conversation. Wait, am I am I off? Oh, he would love to upgrade to Kenny Pickett. He is twentieth. Twentieth, really? Tied okay. for twentieth. Yes. Wow, he he did have a good game against Pittsburgh, so that helped. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess there's just not you know a lot of quarterbacks it, this year, too. He does have those down, like the explosive plays down the field. Like he's throwing the ball deep. And he can run also, so he can do it with his legs. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I got to tell you, in this game at three and a half, if there was one, like there's so few of these games that I bet this week, but I bet this game, I bet Green Bay three and a half. Thought it was a solid 54% play, which means I lean to the Chargers because now that it's three. That means that 54% is a 49% play, so the other side has to be 51. So I got no interest at all on the side now that we we missed out on the three and a half. All right, you know who does have a best bet on this is our guy Dave Essler. Let's hear from him. A special thanks to all the cast with the Bad Cardinals team last week, which puts us at 70% on the Dream Pod this year. I think we were that or better last year for those who love to keep score. Anyhow... I'm betting on another bad team this week, the Green Bay Packers at home catching three points over the Los Angeles Chargers. But Dave, you might say, the Packers lost to Pittsburgh. Well, yes, yes they did. What they did do, though, was throw the ball for 283 yards against a very good Steelers defense. This week, they faced the sieve of a pass defense, the Chargers bing, to Green Bay. It might be the worst pass defense in the NFL. Just look at the Chargers' four wins the Vikings, the Raiders, the Bears, and the Jets. Just look at the Chargers travel in the last month, home to the Bears, at the Jets on the East Coast, home on six days rest, now back to Wisconsin. That travel gets even worse going forward. So this is a team that's four and five, on the brink of total disaster, record-wise and after that loss to the Lions, probably emotionally too. The intangibles own them right now, Brandon Staley is not turning it around. The Packers might be as healthy as they've been all season, and they are simply not worse than the Chargers. At home, catching points, the Green Bay Packers over the Chargers. So there's Uncle Dave. He is on the pack plus three. Uh, I kind of lean to the under in this game. And if RJ were here, he'd make fun of me for these stats. But Herbert has been... Wait, I won't even give stats. I'll just say Herbert has been significantly better against man defenses than zones, particularly against teams that like to blitz and leave their corners in in man. Herbert eats those guys up. Hmm. That's not the Packers. This is a, a cover three base. They, they live in zone. I picture this defense giving Herbert trouble, uh, but I also don't. I've got no interest in backing Jordan Love. McKenzie said he's twentieth in our composite. I, I like I can't picture a world where Jordan loves the twentieth best quarterback. Uh, it felt gross backing him last week, and I paid the ultimate price for it. I, I had a big fat loser, uh, as did I think everybody except Scott had a big fat loser. Scott sniffed it out, said, "Nope, no thanks, friends." Well, Scott went five and zero, oh, so that's I don't true. Think, I don't think he could have lost this game. Um, yeah, it was the only one that was on. <laughs> so, so if anything, I, I'd play the under in this game under forty four. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys. So, how do you feel? It's not like it's going to be like horrible weather, but it's going to be as cold as it's going to be for the F1 midnight races in Vegas, like 50 degrees. And relative to L.A., 
I do think that that's a factor that um, Chargers go from the comfort of the almost dome to Lambeau Field and 40-degree temperatures. What do you think? We could slow them down a little bit. Can you slow them down? Like, <laughs> it's not like the Chargers' offense has been this high-flying thing. Like, it's you know, if you missed it, I mean, obviously they scored a zillion points last week. But one thing that was really disconcerting, they get in the red zone, and it's first and goal, and then second and goal, and they're like on the two. It's third and goal, they're on the one. Fourth and goal, they're on the one. First and goal again on the one. Second and goal from the two. It's like they cannot run the ball in. It's like they ultimately they had eight downs inside, deep into the red zone in order to get a touchdown. So whereas Detroit, when they get they get inside the red zone, a touchdown, you know, it's like automatic. I, they, they're, Staley's not long for this. I mean, because the, the Chargers aren't making the playoffs, and once they don't, it's going to be real easy for them to say, let's just move on. And uh, Kellen Moore is probably going to take the Boise State job. And LA is just going to start from scratch. It'll be another brand new OC for Herbert. He gets a new one every year. It's like a Christmas present. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're about to hit reset on this. I, I mean, I generally I, I agree with you, Fez. I, I don't know what the weather is going to be like in Green. Is it going to be? It's going to be just what forties, fifties? I think forties. Okay, yeah, it's it maybe a little uncomfortable. I don't think that's like death and destruction level. Slight um, chance of rain, forty-one degrees, eight mile per hour winds. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking back at, at games that Herbert's played on the road uh, in cold weather cities. There's not a lot to go off of. He played a December game in Cincinnati a couple years ago. Uh, he won that 41-22, so it didn't bother him that day. Um, at Denver last year, they lost 31-28. That was January eighth, uh, week eighteen. So some high flying games in in cold yeah. weather. Yeah, yeah. How much did they score in the first quarter? Uh, that, that they scored seven in the first quarter of that game, seven. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm. It feels like you would assume the Chargers are a, a a warm weather team. They probably perform better in the warm. But I, I don't know if the Chargers' offense is something I want to rely on in anywhere, any weather, any time. Um, this just doesn't. It's not a good football team. So I, I, they are. They are what their record says they are. Like it, last year, I, I felt like the Chargers were better than their record said they were. I don't feel that way this year. I feel like they're they're a below average football team, and they they're getting everything they deserve. So I, I'm not here to try to pump them up and say, oh, they they should be better than this. So uh, this is this is about what I see of them. All right, let's go look at Minnesota at Denver. Minnesota is plus two and a half. Uh, I'll let Scott go first. It's his two weight. He's got the uh, he's got a derivative on this one. Yeah, it's going to be the under seven and a half points in the first quarter. Another first quarter bet for me, uh, but I've been doing well on those this year. But this one's all about the defenses. Minnesota, AJ, you've talked about it in the past how much better their defense has looked lately, and the offense as good as it was under Kirk Cousins, and as much as it comes alive under Josh Dobbs early it doesn't lead to success. Minnesota this season, 9-0-1 to the under in the first quarter. They are averaging just 2.6 points in the first quarter, and they allow only 3.3 points per first quarter. Denver's defense allows 3.9 in the first quarter. I like betting on both of these defenses to come through. It is also a primetime game, primetime unders this year, 25-7. 
And so I think we have another primetime under and another game that starts out low scoring. So I'll take the under seven and a half points in the first quarter between the Vikings and the Broncos. I almost switched my five or my one weight to uh, to Minnesota. So this was my, the last cut for me. I I think they're they're a solid football team. They're better than anyone thought they would be defensively, like you mentioned. Flores, and in this matchup in particular, Flores blitzes more than anyone in the league. We know that. And Russ, no one has a bigger drop-off in passer rating than Russ when he's blitzed versus when he isn't. Like It's, it's like a 34-point drop in passer rating. It's insane. Josh Dobbs can play a little. Like it, it's, it's been impressive what he's done. And it looks like Madison is going to be out with a concussion. I've been saying they've got to stop giving him the football. Mm-hmm. And then they played tight. Ty Chandler last week, and they had some explosiveness at running back all of a sudden. That's probably a good thing for the offense. The Broncos' defense is is certainly playing better than it was at the beginning of the season. There's no doubt. I still think they're average. I still think they're an average defense. And this the 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 Broncos' offense just doesn't score enough. They don't put up enough points week to week. There's not enough yardage week to week. Russell Wilson hasn't thrown for 200 yards since week four. 200, not 300. 200 yards. Week four was the last time he did it. I, I just think Minnesota. It, like this line says, they're they're even teams, and I I think. Minnesota's a good bit better, so I, I like Minnesota here. Weather for Denver for Sunday night, uh, I would think it's going to be cold, but not really. 51 degrees, chance of showers, 13-mile-per-hour winds. Fez, you have a lean on this one? Yeah, I got both teams being equal, which means I should look towards Minnesota, but I'm going to lean Denver. I, I've i seen this movie before where the Vikings play well, and then they go outdoors later in the year, and they're a totally different team. Mm-hmm. They're a soft northern team in terms of you know performance wise and I feel like I've seen this movie before with Dobbs you know he came into Arizona and he was doing real well to start the year and then all of a sudden Arizona started stinking up the joint right you know shortly thereafter when we were really buying into them and I just at some point Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Dobbs of course and Minnesota was an average team with uh, Kirk Cousins so uh, and without Justin Jefferson so um and my take is those are such those emotional, you know, giving giving out the game ball to the entire team, and then Dobbs gets the game ball, and everyone's you know hugging, and we saved our season, and the like. I could see the bad game here. I'm going to lean Denver. All right, let's go to your four weight game, Scott. We are looking at Tampa plus eleven and a half at. The 49ers. Yeah, I'm back in the 49ers again. I was on them as my five weight last week, and boy, they rewarded me with a blowout victory. And that's the thing for me is. The 49ers are healthy now, and we have seen this team when healthy. They scored 30 or more points in their first five games, and then the injuries happened. Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, Brock Purdy getting banged up. The bye week comes at the right time. They get healthy, and what do they do last week? 7.3 yards per play, 34 points, and it could have been more if not for a goal line stand at the end by the Jaguars when they were messing around trying to get McCaffrey the record. I know it's a big spread here, but the 49ers are 16-3 and against the spread in their last 19 home games. 12 of those games saw them win by 14 or more points. And when the Bucs have played the top offenses or top teams, if you will, power-rated teams, like games against the Eagles, games against the Lions, they lost both of them by two touchdowns. So I think the 49ers are capable of putting up a big number here against the Bucs and winning this game by two touchdowns. I'll lay the big number here with San Francisco. I have a two-weight derivative on this game, and you you mentioned the big spread. I don't want to deal with it, so I'm just going to go San Francisco team total over 26.5. You mentioned the 30 points. that 
Debo, I've been saying Debo is the key to everything with this team. He started in seven games this season. Mm-hmm. They scored 30 or more in six of those seven. The one that they didn't was, was the one, game that the he got hurt, hurt in the first yeah. quarter against the Browns. And they put up 17 in that game. They put up 17 in the games when he was gone. He comes back, boom, right back to right back to big numbers. Tampa's just an average team against the pass. There, there's, there's just too many weapons when everybody's healthy. There's too many ways for, for San Francisco to score. I'm just going to bet the Niners' offense continues to roll, particularly at home. So San Francisco team total over 26.5 will be my two-weight. Fez, what do you see on this game? So I've got the Niners – Rated nine points better, so only get to ten and a half with the home field. But I don't, I don't disagree at all. Question for you guys: Who's the best team in the NFL? I think it's San Francisco 49ers. I've been back and forth with them and the Ravens. A healthy 49ers team is the best team in the NFL, and they're healthy right now. Wait, isn't there? Did something happen to Patrick Mahomes? No. Uh, well, except all his good players left. All all the good players on his offense left. I I, I think that happened last year, and they won the Super Bowl. They did. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd probably put Kansas City third, but I, I have those. I mean, the way they've played this season, it's those those are the top two teams. Are we perhaps not giving Kansas City their due? Because if San Fran plays Tampa, I agree, San Fran's better than Kansas City. But if they play each other. Would not Kansas City be favored in a neutral in a big game, in a playoff game? I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to go against Mahomes when all they got to do I is know. win. If it's tied with five minutes to go, do we really want the Niners or do we want Kansas City in that situation? I'm just, you know, I'm just speculating. I, I would say, you know, with all that experience and winning all these close games, that's what Kansas City does. I trust them more. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's fair, but it's the offense for, for Kansas City just, it seems good. It, it, I mean, it, their quarterback seems good. The quarterback's great. The offense just seems good. The defense is better than I expected it to be. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, it's a tough call for me to make. I, I mean, I, I, 49ers I, now with Chase Young in the fold, too, it just makes their pass rush better. Uh, the 49ers like, have just looked so dominant yeah. when they're healthy. Yep. The Chiefs haven't been it's dominant, hard, it's Fez. Hard to, it, you agree with you, that, right? I know you say you can't like take away the games, but like really look at those three losses, and and if you do take away the three losses, you took is, away Debo. Yeah, this isn't I mean, even a question. Yeah, yeah, a banged it's a great, up Purdy with a concussion, no Debo Samuel, idiot kicker misses the field goal yeah. in Cleveland. I, you know, it's, it, it's an excellent point because if they just win two of those games, and we're not even debating this, it's like you're you, you know you're high. Of course, San Fran's the best team. Um, by the way, I since I have this horrible portfolio of San Francisco. Under 11 and a half before the season started, over 12 and a half during the season, I said, "Why not? Why not purchase some more?" And so I played San Fran back over 11 and a half. So <laughs> at least if go. I get middled on 12, I'll win something. Yes. So I mean, what's your hope? What, what's the hope at that? That like, they win 13. 13 would be ideal for you and wipe out all your under 11 and a half. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the 12 is the death. At least if they land 12, I'll go. Now I'll go like two, I'll win two units and lose six instead of losing six. That's true. So there's that. So as long as they, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> not, there's not an ideal situation there. So, all right, let's recap everybody's picks for week 11. I'll go first. Uh, Cleveland is my five star, Cleveland minus one, my five weight. Rams plus one, my four weight. Dolphins minus 13 and a half, my three weight. My two weight is San Francisco's team total over. 26 and a half. My one weight, the New York Giants. 
You know, Scott, I'm going to let you go next. My five-weight, Jacksonville Jaguars, minus seven. My four-weight, San Francisco, laying the lumber, minus <laughs> 11 and a half. My three-weight is the New York Football Giants, plus the nine points. My two-weight is the under seven and a half in the first quarter between Minnesota and Denver on Sunday Night Football. And my one-weight, also a first-quarter bet, the Chargers in the first quarter, minus a half a point. Or if you want to lay the minus 130 on the money line in the first quarter against the Green Bay Packers. Okay, five weight. This is the first time I've ever laid the lumber this much on a five. My best bet, Miami, minus 13 and a half. Four weight goes against Scott here, Tennessee. Tennessee, the four weight, plus seven. Three weight, Chicago, plus three. That goes against McKenzie, right? Am I remembering that right? Okay, and then... Here's a two-weight that got lost in the mix that I like. So I'm going to take a minute and explain it. A minute or less. Under Buffalo Jets. Scott, can you look at the current number? 40. Under 40. Oh, yeah. Under 40. And here's the rationale. I heard this today, and it it blew my mind because it was like, this is brilliant. So why do you think they fired their O.C. Dorsey, Buffalo? Because McDermott couldn't fire himself. But I think there's another piece to this. And again, this came from a guy I know that isn't an on-air guy, wouldn't want me to, you know, I don't often say veto, but okay. And he said, well, listen, McDermott took a big chance taking over the defense. He pushed out a fairly popular D.C. to effectively say, I'm coaching the defense. You know, our asses are on the line. I'm going to coach it. Now, Buffalo was playing best this year when they were fast. I mean, Josh Allen has said, I want to run up-tempo. I want, But what does up-tempo do to the statistics on defense? Hurts them. Because even though if your efficiency stats are – it's like they're giving up 27 yeah. points again. And now that makes – if they're thinking of firing him because they, they're on the border at the end of this year, let's say, if the defense looked like it went down, odds of him getting fired goes up. If the defense improved, hey, give him another year. Seems like you'd just be able to say, our, our three best guys got hurt. Well, there's always an excuse with certain teams. You know that part. So, and it's not the, the quarterback's worth more than those three guys and another three like yeah. them, if you really think about it. And they got an elite quarterback. So, you bring in Joe Brady, who was in like jail in a way after, after he got fired from Carolina, meaning he's the quarterback's coach at this point. Well, they were talking about him for a head job. Right? I mean, they were. When he was at LSU, they were saying he's going to be fast-tracked to a head coaching job. The sense is he's controllable. If, if they say, hey, I'm thinking of firing so, you know, the Dorsey, but we got to run the ball more, we got to go less. He doesn't say why he wants that. I'm pretty sure Joe Brady says, yes, sir. Yeah. Right? And who knows? Him and Dorsey apparently, I mean, Dorsey was a combustible personality. He also was an elite quarterback, right, at Miami. Yeah. He probably, his personality, who knows, right? It, it feel, I mean, did those two feel close, Brady and him, or did Dorsey. Feel close with McDermott? It didn't feel like it. No. And did you hear McDermott's comments after the firing? Even though they had like the third best offense, he it's was based say- on the whole season. Yeah, he was saying like I just think at various times it was well short. I mean, it was like a, a hit piece against him. Yeah. So it feels like there was some pushback on that, and thus, if now he has his guy, the puppet, in there, all of a sudden, doesn't the scoring go down? Obviously, it likely does if the pace slows down. So I would like, if I had to bet just one piece of this, I would go under. Mm. I would go, you know, and actually thinking about it, 
The Buffalo D again. What's the Buffalo D is not good, but the Jets' offense is horrible. Yeah, one. Uh, they haven't scored an offensive touchdown in yeah, thirty-six yeah. consecutive drives. Let's keep so it all. Last in the offensive yeah. touchdown came in the first quarter in Week Eight against the Giants. And uh, that's yeah, amazing. Don't let the Jets' offense talk you off and under. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Because the choice was: do we want to go Buffalo team total under? I think we got a good side of both of them. Yeah, because if the Bills do blow up and score thirty-five points, you're still alive. You know. <laughs> You know the Bills. Does that rationale of McDermott and his influence make sense? Yeah. I, it really does. Why else would you fire Dorsey? I don't know. I, Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey were really close, too. But, hey, Josh Allen isn't worth McDermott's job. Oh. All right. That, if you ask me, it is. And finally, <laughs> the one unit that was the most gutsy one unit ever. Best bet from AJ. Best bet from Fez. And I said, nah, give me the other side. Pittsburgh. Now you got Fez's. Yep, Fez's five weight, like mine, was Cleveland. Four weight, Miami minus 13 and a half. Three weight, Rams plus one. Two weight, Kansas City minus two and a half. One weight, Houston team total over 27. And we've got Hitman on Arizona plus five. Essler, Packers plus three. And McKenzie Rivers, Detroit minus seven and a half. Is that true, McKenzie? That's true. Do you want to back off it because you're fading me? No, I'm all right. All right. He is right in the super contest you got to give him some credit enough said okay if you can believe it we got off on a tangent fascinating fez was pontificating on chess players then talking about mortality he says every time he says goodbye he thinks he's saying goodbye forever is that fair like when you leave here on wednesday do you think i'll never see these guys because because wednesday bad i'm taking a great shirt <laughs> nap do you feel did it affect your sense of mortality yeah I was like one aneurysm away from this is it. <laughs> Fred Sanford style? <laughs> this is the big one. Here's what I would say, though. And this is the truth every age I've ever been. You feel like you're old. I mean, most people feel like they're old when they're 16, right? It's like, man, I'm, can you believe I'm sick? I mean, did you have that feeling, Scott? Most people do. I've never felt my age. So you felt In older or young? Okay. Younger. In a good way. Yeah, being childish helps in some spots, well, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> How old are you, Scott? I'm never going to grow up. No, but in a way... I'm 39. But in a weird Perfect way... Perfect vampire age. Yeah. In a weird way, you embrace it. Like, if you were always lamenting that you were the perpetual child... Yeah. You're like Jerry Seinfeld in a way. You just accept it. Yeah, I have my cereal and my... Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's a lot of... I, you know... <laughs> um. Did you ever, when did you first feel like you were older than, like, than you wanted to be? Uh, when I, st- I was probably about 35. Not till then. Wow. And so, I was doing. You're saying you hit 30 and didn't lament you were hitting 30. 30 is like the toughest. Day. They say actually 30 and 60 are the two toughest because 30 is the first time you can legitimately feel old. In fact, there's a famous quote you can't trust anyone over 30 with something said in like hmm. the late 60s, early 70s, uh, the youngster said. And then Dylan, when he turned 30, like in 72, Snoopy, right, Charles Schultz, mm-hmm. had a th- thing about it and said, I guess we can't trust Bob Dylan. What <laughs> am I going to do? So, I mean, it's like that was a huge part of the zeitgeist. So when I was 30, I had, I, like, I had already had a fight with a 22-year-old and smashed him. And, it, like, it made, I felt like I was, in, I was in my physical – I was in a physical mm-hmm. peak at 30. Okay. But when, still, you knew that you didn't have much longer at that. When I was 35 and I was trying to – I was in another fight camp – and now all the guys I was training with were in their 20s, and we would go really hard, and then they'd say, all right, let's come back tomorrow morning. And I was like, oh, I, 
I can't do this tomorrow. Like I, I Did they call you pops. No, but I, I was I was made to feel old at times, sure. But uh, it was I realized I I just physically can't keep up with kids that are younger anymore. It's well, I mean, now you have like six knee surgeries since. Yeah, I mean, I, like it hit me pretty yeah. recently that like when I I want to save this for SOVAM. Okay. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, when I when I play, like when Fez is talking about a race, when I play catch with my son. I don't. I don't like to play catch with him anymore because he throws harder than me and it hurts my hand. But he threw harder than you ever threw, though. No. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, that's like a, true. he's getting scouted for like. Yeah, but he like it, it, there came an age where it's like he throws too hard for me to want to catch the ball anymore. So you can put a sponge in your glove, you know that. But then I'm not gonna be able to catch it. So, um, John, Johnny's so afraid of the ball, like, like he, he, he like it's. I'm, I'm he's right at him, chop. And and he, 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 he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't get his body in front of it. He gets his body away from him in case he drops it. So I did, I did the whole. Um, Throw the baseball at me, and I just took, I just ate it. I said, "Throw it as hard as you can." I let it hit me in the chest like three or four what times. Happens if it w- like Happy Gilmore, did, but not did, in my did, face, but but did you have like a catcher's thing no, on? No, just a, a Happy Gilmore did it. It's like, come on, it's a baseball. He's throwing. He it. must think you're the manliest he's dude around. He's throwing it fifty <laughs> miles. I'm not doing that with my kids. He's throwing <laughs> it fifty miles an hour. Like a hard time. Is that about right? Fifty. 50? I bet he's throwing that. twenty-five. A lot less than that. Yeah, more than twenty-five. Think about a car going 25, yeah. and if you threw that ball exactly when the car, you think it's going ahead of the car. Mm. <laughs> well, think about Cheetah running. Yeah, yes, that's he a runs good 25 yeah. miles. Could he throw a baseball faster than Cheetah? Think, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'd I go think, faster I think than Tyreek Hill. I think if he threw right when Cheetah passed him by, the ball would just be behind him by the same distance <laughs> and just drop. 34. 34 miles. Land, land on the Cheetah's tail. <laughs> but, but he's talking about Cheetah, the NFL. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. A cheetah can run more than 20. He can run 60, yeah. Is that right? I yeah. remember that. Top speed. <laughs> I think that's why they call him Jaguar car. Six million dollar man. Dude. By the way. Okay. I got to say this, though. You know how you eat a certain food and you feel like particularly mathematical or you eat something you don't feel mathematical? You know, the things you eat, the sleep you get. I feel the funniest I've ever been right now. There's some combination of events. I've cracked like seven, like a little aside. You're on, man. Yeah, you're funny. Yeah, my I, handicapping I, probably is going to suck, but you know. Maybe yeah. it's like you started to eat like like sugar cereal bars instead of the sugar cereal. Like that's the magic. Like you don't mm-hmm. need the milk. That seems like a dick in a way. Yeah, it's the what now? Is it the pre-show shots didn't hurt? No, listen, they, they say it's B12, so what the hell? <laughs> But the guy's name is Doctor Feelgood. So now that that was actually the guy Kennedy would get shots from the president, Doctor Doctor Feelgood. Yeah, what was Michael Jackson's doctor <laughs> in jail? Yeah. All right, <laughs> should be a good show. We'll see. It'll be fu- you'll chuckle at minimum. But Faz, what is the news? The news is. <laughs> That I'm in second place in Circa Millions. Oh, we've and heard I think that. It's well, worth- I guess the question is, what do you think it's worth? 92000 Just because Johnny said it? That's what got us off track. Just because he we said went it? Back, we went back and forth and we said- So explain it, the math. The, the math is that if I- what, what place is that, by the way? It would be like eight, It would be like, oh, I'm sorry, like, a, like 11th or 12th place. Okay. Now, someone would say if you're in second, why would you be uh, an, under, uh, an underdog to stay in second- and the answer is mathematical. Ma- mathematical, if I hit 55% the rest of the year. Which is a great goal. Which is a solid goal. I probably should finish right around like 10th place at okay. that point. Because be, inevitably not, people will catch that's me. Pro- that's that's uh, an example of showing where the mathematical truth is. But isn't it more so that there's so many people behind you within reasonable range of like one or two standard deviations 
that and then if you even hit that middle of the bell curve, how many people will likely pass exactly you? Exactly right. Yeah, that, that okay. someone's going to dodge raindrops for eight weeks, and they're in, inevitably they're they're going to like go ahead and be twenty games above five hundred. So I've got to continue to perform at a sixty percent rate if I want to win this thing. But if there was one guy behind you in third, one game back. And then everyone else from fourth place on was like 10 games back. Yeah. Then it would be more like, hey, I would more expect like I'll take to keep third place. Yeah. Because yeah. there'd be one in front of you. Well, yeah, but in theory, you'd be favored for second. Like that right. would be the most likely outcome, right? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Are you in the running for any of the quarterly prizes? No, because the quarterly just, well, not in that contest because I don't have a 5 and 0, and the quarterly just started. Yes. Okay. I don't believe I have a 5 so you, and 0. I'll so have you, to check so my other so entries. Until you got hot. You, so the beginning of the last quarter. Uh, clip some of your not so hot beginning. I I've been remarkably consistent. I've been going three and two and four and one and like right, so, so I've never had like a, okay. a I've never had like a like a fourteen and one type of run. Yeah. Now amazingly on this very show, Mackenzie in the first quarter, this was at the super contest, was what one game out of winning the first quarter after the six weeks. Yeah, I was one the game six out. weeks. And how many people are in? I was one game out of second. Yeah. Say it again. I was one game out of second actually. Okay, so how much would you have won? 20000 That's nice. It would have been nice, and I get a percentage of that. He's still in contention. He's yeah. Still. Out. No, no, it's, it's awesome, but but we were there. Now we got to get back. I love it. Would you go last week? Three and two. That's great. I, listen, you go three and two from here, and you're in, you're in what place right now? Um, six games back from the first place, so I'd have to count it. Yeah, I think okay. he's in 35th. And I, they pay 100, right? I think so. So if he hits uh, 55 from here, he's in the money. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Too many people. Oh, well, you know, I'd like to do a study, like take a look, see it. Maybe ask Chad GBT. Now, a lot of it depends how, how the, the, um, the biggest consensus plays do, because all 55% are not created yeah, equal. That's true. M- McKenzie, so do you think he should get, at what point should he get metagame and not, not necessarily go against his picks, but rather if he has two of them and one's going to be popular and one isn't, he goes with the isn't? Probably with three weeks to go. So not till then. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Um, Mackenzie, do me a favor. You know with ChatGBT, you can upload PDFs now, right, directly to it. Are you familiar with that? I've heard about that. I haven't done it myself. We had Now, we didn't have that and I raised because they didn't roll it out totally, but we got it now. Um, why don't you put the standings right, in a PDF, right, that's easy enough, upload it, and ask him, hey, what are the uh, – uh, This don't even say it's you necessarily. Say this person, what are the odds, assuming a 55% win rate, the rest, and give him like, the I, – I bet he figures it out in less than a, a second. It's really good at coming up with stuff No, no, I'm telling you, I've done more of it than you. I think it's going to figure it out. I was doing a very similar problem, and it told me the total would end up being 373 in an NBA game coming up. So I don't think it's, I don't think it could do it, but we'll, I'll do it. We'll see. If he doesn't, it's going to be the common denominator will be you in the bet. No, I'm Bad joking. Prompts, yeah. <laughs> that had to be the Pacers game that he said was going to go 373, right? And I would be remiss not to more good news. I'm in eighth place in the Westgate Super Contest, tie for eighth. Wow. So you is this the first year you entered the Super Contest by yourself? I don't think I even knew that you were in the. Su- so were you conspiring against us? No. I enter every year. <laughs> um, so you've done it every year? Yeah. Okay. And I, so how many games back? Uh, I think I'm three out. Okay. That's odd. Well, listen, 
Oh, no, I, I must be four out because I think I'm two in front of McKenzie. So it must be four games out. Oh, well, it's important yeah. for you. I mean, that it was. Do you see the way he couched yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, where he yeah. had, he had to make that comment because he needed the reference. That's terrible. Listen, we I know, don't know where I am versus the leader, but I know where I'm at versus McKenzie. Well, that, that tells you. Yeah. Taught me this. You know, like you told me, Fez cares about himself more than anything. Oh yeah. And boy. when he said he like he knew McKenzie's record. There's some way that it traced back to him, inevitably. You think that it would have that, been him. That is strong. <laughs> you think he would have thought, you know, some of this guy's been helping me foundationally for right. years. Right. We, we just talked. We went out Maybe and had, I could help him understand what his EV is here. Yeah. We went out and had coffee, and we were just talking about where he stood in the contest, and he told me, so I remembered. But no, that's not how he knew. Here's what the, <laughs> the dude, the dude that came from um, uh, New Finland, the dude that had the rugby stuff or whatever that was from here. New Zealand. New yes. Zealand. Nathan. Nathan. Nice guy. Very Smart nice guy. guy. Yeah. He said, it, 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 I'm going to remember this line because it is accurate. Is, I said, so what'd you think? You team Fez or team RJ? He goes, you know, I got to say, I was team Fez before. Now I met you guys. RJ's a much nicer guy. He said that exactly true. And you know what? I think I think that no, Fez is a nice guy. He just is very, you know, he's he's kind of a little autistic. I mean, like you're not, even though you're not that for a typical actuary. Yeah, you're in. I, I screamed at Scott for not getting a comp when he played blackjack last time. Yeah. Fez, an example. What are you doing? I think Fez is borderline. <laughs> like it used to be called Asperger's. I think he's borderline, but probably not in it. But you combine that with deep narcissism, and it becomes like it's wicked common. They you got to walk out with at least at least a deep dish and the breadsticks. I mean, right? Because they yeah. usually don't necessarily go together. But in this case, it's like a super concoction. But on air, I make you. I'm so tough on air with people. Because I'm doing it for the audience because I want to make sure no bullshit gets out. And I take the slings and arrows. So I become a sympathetic You become sympathetic. Which is unbelievable considering the history I have in this town. Then when they meet you, I'm sympathetic. Yes. But wait a minute. like um, There's like 100,000 people that listen for every person that meets you. I'm fucked. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I have an open house, I guess. All right. What we're going to do, this is the second time shift. Fez, this is the end of the pod. It's time. You take us out. Hey, there's 200-mile-an-hour cars zipping around. Let's be careful out there. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. More F1 talk. All right, next week. Hold on, Fez and everyone. I got to finish the story about Speed Racer. It's a quick one. All right, so as we set up, there was the international dateline. That was, I think, a day ago on the international date. But, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we started the story. But there was that. And... The young brother who, I don't think this is... Spridal. Doesn't sound right. Okay. Maybe they call him Spry or something. Maybe. Why would they name a kid Spridal? I mean, why would you name your kid Speed? Well, that's a cool... First of all, what kid (laughs) wouldn't want to be named Speed Racer? (laughs) Anyway, he couldn't enter this race for kids because he had to be 12 years old. Hmm. And he was 11. So the whole episode, 22 minutes, he's moping around the young Spridal. He's like finally realized how crappy his name is, and that plus the not getting in the race. But then someone came running up, probably Speed, because he stays up at nights. And he, uh, you get it. And he says, "Hey, hey, hey! It's actually the next day. It is your birthday. We crossed the international dateline." And he was able to race in the race. Uh. Did he win? He crashed and passed away. No, (laughs) but he got to do the race though. And it doesn't matter if he won. They didn't even keep score. They're young. All right. Talk to you next week.